Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Max K. I'm Nick Legrand. And I'm Matt Croger. Welcome to another episode of Counter Charge. Tonight we are going to be doing a review with these two marvellous gentlemen of the Riftforge Orcs. So you've been asking it for for a while. Uh, you didn't think anyone was playing Riftforge Orcs, and you're actually right. There's not many people playing them, but we've, we've gathered an Australian crew to to discuss them. Now, Maxie, we haven't had you on the show before, uh, so let's hear a bit more about your gaming story and how you got into Kings of War. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I think I started my my little journey, like a lot of us did, back in Warhammer. I played a lot of that through through 8th edition and um yeah just really loved the rank and flank fantasy war game and when that sort of died off i was left wondering well where to next and after probably a five-year break i eventually came back to the hobby and and found kings of war and i haven't looked back since honestly so, did, you, did you do anything in between, Max? Because I know some of the other guys that you game with were in, well, I mean, they kind of would jump in systems every three months, but did you ever get into any of those other ones with them? I doubled in I doubled in a few. I doubled in Age of Sigma. Um, I doubled in, you know, some, some skirmish games and I went to Magic the Gathering for a while. Um, but, yeah, ultimately my heart lies in that rank and flank fantasy battle game and, honestly, Kings of, Kings of War is the best of any that I've played um, by a long way. Yeah, okay. So you don't, um, like, obviously Warhammer was a very different game to Kings and, you know, some people like that, I guess, that more list building, you know, potential for gotchas, you know, really building synergy in your list style, but you've been loving Kings. Yeah, or that simplicity that you get, it's it's just a breath of fresh air, really. Yeah, quite a clean rule set. I think many people say that, um, and I really love it. Yeah, awesome. How, do you get to play often, mate? Yeah, yeah, we got some people. So I live in Wollongong, just about an hour mm-hmm. south of Sydney in Australia. And um, we've got a small crew down here that we kind of game regularly every couple of weeks or so. And we do venture up to Sydney every now and then for a, for a Friday night gaming session. Max and I generally jam, will jam a game on a Friday night uh, down at the club, which is good. So good to get like a bit of a range of opponents. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we're not too and Max, far. Maxie's constantly Sydney. telling us that he's the best of the Wollongongs, right? So, oh, I don't think it's close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too many debate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> look, I, I don't think there's much debate there. Kakwar, if you're listening, you're a bum. <laughs> <laughs> and Robbo's uh, still painting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, your three mortars are no good here, Robbo. <laughs> uh, Nick, we recently had you on our Trident Realms review, so we won't go into the origin story. But uh, tell me about what you've been liking about the Reforge list in particular. So I'll start off by prefacing the fact that uh, I probably have absolutely no authority to speak about Reforge Orcs, although in fairness, I have been playing them a lot on the internets, which yeah. I think in <laughs> fairness these days is where a lot of uh, a lot of people can can jam some games in on UB. So so I have been playing them a fair bit. I mean, when when you kind of hit Max and I up 
to uh, to do this review. I obviously kind of dusted them off again and have been jamming quite a few games um, since doing that. And, you know, I know Max has a bit of authority in, in the sense that he, he's an Orc player, so he kind of has that uh, that kind of um, master list representation there. But I was playing them a bit earlier during the year. I think I took them to an online um, tournament at one stage as well. And I just like the fact that unlike the Orcs, which really do feel like uh, – you know, a big static line. You know, they've obviously got a few interesting mechanics like the drum. Um, they've got some things like the fight wagons that you really get much more variety in, in the Reforge um, Orclist. So it's like some of the interesting mechanics like the way uh, Host Shadow Beast works. I'm sure we'll, we'll come up to how that's changed with the uh, the new Big Red Book. But how that works within the, the, the Reforge uh, list, some of the options you get, like the Shrine, interesting choices like the Hell Strikers and the Thunder Seas, all of which we'll get to. But I just think it's a much more mixed arm style list than the Orcs, which is really the way I like to play. I like to kind of compete in most phases of the of the game and, and have a little bit of everything. So that's what I've been really liking about them. And they're cool models. I mean, as I said, I haven't played them on the tabletop, um, but it's, it's certainly an army which I've been looking at getting into I, i'm doing the potentially impossible task of trying to clear all my gray plastic before i start on something yeah, new yeah. and i've actually been pretty successful at resisting so far which is no no small feat as, a, as all the addicts out there will know but the models are really cool and mm. so i i think they look awesome on the table some of the ones you've seen done up done up look um look amazing so just in, in general i think it's it's a cool angle that they've done on the orcs this kind of uh you know thunderstruck style uh, orcs and you know i think it's a good uh, direction the fuss that magic have gone in yeah it's interesting you say that about the models i mean i've been on record a couple of times knocking on the reforged models in particular things like the shrine but i got the opportunity to see the shrine in the flesh unpainted the other night and it's way better in in real life than whatever i've seen in pictures on the internet i mean other than the batman logo on the front mm-hmm. you know it, it's actually a really nice model and looks like a really slick kit when you see it um when you see it in the flesh so i think uh perhaps there might have just been as we've seen before right a, a lot of it when, when you see it online also depends on the on the paintwork i was um, going to say that the paintwork i just think the, the paintwork they've done on the on the model that they kind of have in the catalog is not is not great Mm. Because and and as you said, so it, you can it can be chalk and cheese. If you if you get if you get a model based up painted the right way, it can look incredible compared to something that you that you kind of seen in the catalog, which maybe hasn't a, got the right color palette on it. Yeah, exactly. So before we get into the the rest of the show, we'll do a bit of a hobby update. Maxie, what have you been working on, mate? I've been working through a halfling army. So about about a month ago, um, a friend of mine was selling a halfling box and I thought, you know, why not? So I snapped that up and within a month I now have four or five <laughs> units painted and about 2,300 points in front of me. Um, yeah, just been using uh, Games, Games Workshop contrast paints um, with a quick highlight over the top to really make it pop. And, yeah, I went with uh, pink and yellow as my colour scheme. So something different. Yeah, they're looking awesome too, mate. If um if I'm not too lazy, I'll get a couple of images into the show notes. Um, but yeah, you're doing. I guess uh, for the listeners, it's it's kind of on the cloth of their of those in the more tunic style. You're kind of doing. It's almost. It's not quite a checker because it's but it's like opposite corners, different colours, right? So yeah, sort of mixing it up. Um, yeah, I'm not being too picky with my sort of belts and cloths and things. Just sort of. Layering that pink and yellow right over the top, but 
from a distance. It and, looks quite nice. And you're doing two battle picks. Yep, yep. The plan mm-hmm. is double pig with that engineer and that radiant to life aura. Bit of a tinker style. Been really, really liking it. Yeah. Did you win both so, of them at tournament smash? Because I know one of them you won as a prize. Yeah, I did win one of them as a prize. So that's where part of the motivation came from. Yeah, yeah. yeah doing okay. them up for um, uh, Australian Clash in what is it? Two months now. Yep, yep. And I think that we're going to see a few, <laughs> a few halfling armies there. Oh yeah. What about you, Nick? What are you? Uh, what are you working on? Well, as I mentioned before, I'm sort of trying to clear all the grey plastic that I've got sitting uh, in the hobby collection. So I've been doing a little bit of pe- um, a little bit here and there. We uh, we had a tournament a couple of weeks ago um, called Moab, which uh, ran over the uh, October long weekend, and I took a Basileian list of that. So I did a, I did up a few units for that. I took a pretty low he heavy list, also painted up a, a sort of converted Julius model um, non metallic metal. So that took a that took a while to do. And then I've just been kind of clear, um, cleaning up a little bit uh, here and there in my, my various armies. I'm still unsure what I'm going to take to Clash, whether I'm going to take the Salamanders or uh, do another rendition of the Sylvankin list, which I took last year. The Sylvankin list is probably the the, the army which I've got the most grey um, start standing, so I might kind of rustle something together and motivate myself to paint that. So yeah, a little bit, mm-hmm. little bit of um, a little bit of here and there. There's been nothing that's really kind of grabbed me to really kind of. St- go full steam ahead like if, if you follow max's updates what he's been doing online like he's just been absolutely cheering them out haven't been at that uh haven't been at that level but um you know as i know with hobby it kind of comes and goes and you know you you get on top of it when you're uh, when you're motivated and you know kind of take the quiet times as they come as well mm. yeah so a little bit of a carrot with the sylvan kin give it give yourself yep. a reason to paint them up exactly mm. yeah right what would be the backbone of your list if you were gonna do it to two thousand points which is what clash is yeah, hard to say. It's, it's interesting because, well, what I'd probably try and do is, in terms of the painting motivation, is almost motivate myself to make a list with that with the units that I have painted. So in that case, I might even try a, a double stormwind. I mean, as has been kind of widely publicised, the potion of the caterpillar is no longer in in um, the sort of latest update of the rules. So having the the innate upgrade that you have in Sylvankin to give them Pathfinder is actually then becomes quite unique. Um, so, you know, it's called two units of them. I've got two units of um, Stormwind or sort of, I've got an old Wood Elf army. So using Wild Riders as two units of Stormkin, I, I could do them up. Uh, the, obviously, uh, Silverbreeze have also gotten a discount. The Windborn, I think, are pretty tasty with a 30-point discount to only 135 now. So, again, do up some Glade mm-hmm. Riders, which I, which I currently don't have. So it might be a sort of a mix of a quite elfy, shooty. I mean, obviously, Glade Stalkers are still great, even though they've gone up by 10 points. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just a, a bit of a, a bit of sort of mixed arms again, which as I said, I, I kind of like to do. You can't you can't, can't take them these days without a greater area elemental. They seem to be everywhere these days. <laughs> so chuck one of them in as well. Yeah, nice. You're right about the innate part finder though, aren't you? I um I was building because we're going to have a local two thousand point tournament at the end of November, and I'm probably going to take free dwarves because almost everything you can give, like everything that I have models for, whether it's the shield breaker formation and even Brock Riders, you can give Pathfinder upgrades. And so really to have an army that has a lot of Pathfinder is now going to be quite powerful, isn't it? I think it's to be honest, I think it's a great I think it's a great change for the game to get rid of mm. the caterpillar because it just it 
it mitigates a key part of the um, you know the rules and it makes those units which can either inherently have it or get an upgrade to it through a themed list such as you know free dwarves or or silver kin it makes it um more unique so I'm I'm personally all for it anything anything to me that become that you see on every single list uh, I think is a problem so I, I'm happy to see it gone. Yeah, and I think sometimes we forget, you know, people have been saying, oh, should they left it as infantry only? Well, it's a Clash of Kings update, essentially, right? So part of the, I guess, the remit for these books is to shift the meta slightly. So, you know, we're going to see this uh, shift in what does the meta look like without it? And who knows? Might come back in some, some form, might come back more expensive. You never know um, what will change in the future. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's get into the meat and three vegetables. And uh, we'll get into the Riftforge Orc Army review. Now, I'm going to take us through a little bit. I thought in preparation for this, I actually better pull out the old Halpies Rift. Oh, no, sorry, Clash of Kings 2022 edition and actually have a partial read of the fluff so we can give us a bit of a background. So we're talking about evil orcs, even eviler cousins here, and that in, in Halpies Rift, which was a, a rift that formed in the in the Halpy Mountains, uh, uh, there was a surge of a surge of power that joined the rift to the abyss briefly, and we had uh, the wicked one Garkan the Black, who was ready to go with this uh, new brand of evil orcs, which are basically infused with the power of lightning, and they were released upon the earth via uh, via Helpy's rift. Rift. Uh, the difference with the orcs being that supposedly that they have. Complete loyalty to Garkan, the the evil wicked one. So that, and his his plan is that if he needs to, that he can use the Riftforged orcs against his brothers and sisters as he wages war upon the world. So we have a pretty. I mean, if I imagine that if we were doing our allies that extended beyond good, evil, neutral, the Riftforged orcs, uh, in my mind, based on their fluff, would ally with nobody. Uh, they're kind of this this. Uh, you know, race that's looking to dominate the earth. So when it comes to this army, guys, what's your what's your motivation for playing or looking to play this army? Uh, Nick, let's start with you. I think this is, as I said, Ed, before, it's the, the fact that they've got a nice, they've got a nice mix of units. You know, they've got, although shooting's not really their forte, they've got a few, they've got a few options in there with the Ambrox, some of the, uh, you know, some of the lightning that you get through some of the units, um, even, even the Storm Giant, I think is just quite an interesting, you know, take on the normal Giant with having Wind Blasts. Then you've got, you know, again, as, as I said, I think some of the mold, it's just quite a cool looking army um, in, in general, quite elite. You know, but I think you also you can get some bodies on the board with a larger infantry horde with the sorry, as in like the uh, the heavy infantry hordes with the large footprint, I should say. So yeah, I think um yeah they hit hard. So I think it's um you know it's appealing for you know I think a range of players. You know, it's it's not like it uh it is a very um you know one dimensional army. I think there's a n- number of different ways you can you can play it, which uh, I'm sure we'll discuss um in this episode. But as I said, it's it's lists like those which have a variety of ways to play, which appeal to me. What about you, Max? Yeah, much like Nick said, um, they bring a lot of different tools to the table. A bit like the normal orcs, they can they can bring a lot of nerve and high defense to sort of play that objective game quite well. Um, but unlike that normal orc list, they also can bring a lot of t- different toys and a different different fast sort of units that can attack the enemy from different angles, which is what I really like about the list. Yeah, and I look, I, I have to agree. I feel like um, orcs 
somewhat standalone to an extent in terms of a, a kind of that that idea of these big frontages that are very re- resilient but also can just pack a massive punch. Like in probably in terms of punch, they're more akin to, say, ogres, but you're playing them from that infantry base rather than that, uh, that large infantry base. And so I think as, a, as some ways you can play them, they kind of stand alone. And I think that appeals to me when you're looking at I, – I really like armies that have a unique – you know, a unique feeling. Like I really like dwarves because they don't hit particularly hard and you've got to pay that more, you know, attrition-y game with them or you they, they, they don't have all the tools. I mean, I think Reforge have a lot of tools, but they do have a few weaknesses too, some of which, which is that wide frontages. So, and I think, as you guys have alluded to, more options, but I, I just find them more inf- um, more interesting than normal orcs. That that might be a sign of the future, but yeah, that's that's why I'm looking to get into them. Special rules wise, uh, their alignment evil. Uh, think what you want about the alignment system. That's where you would be able to align them if you were playing in a tournament or if you allowed allies in your basement. And they have the special rule storm strike. So uh, I stupidly was on the wrong page. So the special rule storm strike. Any natural rolls of six to hit are resolved with the blast two special rule. This effect does not work if the unit needs more than a six to hit. So what do, what do we think about the Stormstrike special rule, guys? Well, the thing is, I think it, it was interesting in the way that it, Host Shadow Base got brought into the game. And I think this is one of those armies where with, with the change in core mechanic and Host Shadow Base, it has somewhat hurt um, the, the Reforge Orcs uh, Stormstrike rule a bit because previously what you'd obviously be able to do is you'd get um, you'd get Host Shadow Beast to cast so you get extra attacks for whatever um, whatever rolls to hit you got and then you could splash additional blasts with uh, those attack dice if you're let's just say um, Lord uh, I think it's called the Stormbringer the five attack sort of Lord level type uh, individual if you got uh, you know sort of four four out of eight on your on your Host Shadow Beast all of a sudden you'd be going up to nine attacks and if you then rolled at six, you get extra attack. So it was really a force multiplier, which I think was a really interesting way to do it. Now, as you know, with the rules to host shadow base, it's probably a good good part to cover it off. The fact that you're getting just a very separate, you know, three to five attacks based on what spell cast level you are, it, it doesn't quite synergize with the storm strike rule of Reforge like it did before, which it is a bit of a shame. I personally like the the change to host shadow beast more for i don't think it was an issue in rift forge but i mean there was just some instances like mikhail and you know groany snark etc where it got a bit silly at times but it is a shame to see that it meant the you know the rift forge uh, special rule has been in a you know, nerfed a little bit as a result yeah what about you max what do you think there well i really like the theme that it sort of brings across that that lightning theme that they're going for with the army it sort of portrays that in game, which I think is is really nice, sort of brings that lightning across, and we'll we'll see it a, amongst a number of units. Have sort of really brought that theme and make the, made the army feel, I don't know, like it like it sounds on paper. It gives you that sort of feel in game, and I, I really like it. Um, I haven't used it too much in game, especially with how Shadow Beast. Yeah, but uh, I really like it as a as a army wide rule in general. Mm-hmm. Here's, an, here's an interesting one for you. Given the change to host shadow beast, do you think it would be given that Stormstrike is such a core, you know, rule to to reforge hawks? Do you think it would be overpowered if 
host shadow beast did benefit from the extra blast. I mean, because you're only getting three to five attacks with a new host shadow beast. So, you know, if you get, you know, damn lucky, you might get in it. You know, you'd literally like five out of five sixes on the top spellcast level, which Riftforge don't even, you know, have within their list. You're getting an extra five attacks. Like, do you think that would be too much? No, I don't, I don't think so. But I think the blast came more so from the goblin characters, right? That, that had like the inbuilt blast. Yeah, and, so and Gale. Yeah, so they'd have to write it in a way that, you know, allows blast somewhere and not others. Yeah. So, true. which I think would be tricky and like makes it a little bit less simplistic. So, so I don't think it would be overpowered, except that you would have to write it to kind of allow it somewhere and not allow it others. I'm kind of sit with you, Nick. I'm, I, you know, I think without the synergy that it had before, it's not quite as good as it was. I mean, I'd really need, I don't think I, I would never put it on the characters you can take it on straight up, I think. I'd be waiting till later because primarily now where they've given it is on individuals. So the chances of you actually pulling it, like getting many sixes is is quite low. From a thematic point of view, and, I mean, if we talk about power level, I'd be interested what you guys think of this. Like on the individuals, they're offering it for about five points. I would like to see a more expensive option on like the winged characters. So, so even if it was like 10 to 15 points to allow you to be taking it. And so if you're in a flank or a rear, it does some absolute damage, like really reward you for holding your characters back and putting them in flanks and rears. I, well, maybe I if you paid, paid more for a, a storm try strike that went off on a, a five up or a four up maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they they've got a little bit. I like the rule, like you, Maxi, inherently, but just whether it does enough at the moment. I think, yeah, I think they've they've got some room that they could potentially play with some variations there. Like you I said, mean, for, they could leave for it five on. points. It's it's not a bad investment, really. But mm. a lot of the time, I'd, I'd rather a sort of a staying stone or a blade of slashing or something over yeah. it for those five points. Exactly. I'm more inclined to take the Blade of Slashing on a five-attack character, right, than I am probably for Stormstrike. The thing is as well, you can only take it on two characters now. It's the mm. the combat level, the um, the Rift Forger with three attacks, and then the Stormbringer with five attacks. Now, what's notable about the Stormbringer is it actually has come down from 10 points to five points in, in the latest yeah. update. So I actually think the only – I probably wouldn't bother with it on the, on the Rift Forger because it's only three attacks – as you said, a blade of slashing is just better there. However, on a Stormbringer with five attacks, I think, you know, for five points, again, it becomes a matter of where do you put your last five points. But, you know, if, if you're happy to go blade of slashing and Stormstrike on the Stormbringer, you know, I, I don't think that's a bad way to spend 10 points. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't disagree. And I think the difference with the Stormbringer is that because uh, it's a mighty character, you don't always need it to do that hit if you're using it to do something like hold things up, right? So you might say, oh, well, I won't take the Blade of Slashing. I'll take the chance on doing an extra wound or, or an extra hit in another way. I would just like to see it. Like when we look at these army special rules, the fact that you then look and you go, oh, it's on two things in the list, then it's a bit of a failure of a rule for me. That's what I was. That's exactly what I was going to say. The fact you can only take it on two characters makes it, yeah, a, a little bit lacklustre for me. But um, look, still, still... As Max said, from a theme perspective, I like it. I wish it was more prevalent across the list, but uh, overall... Do you think it would be OP if you put it on the flying characters and paid more for it? No, I don't think it would be. It'd have to be uh, pointed appropriately. You know, you're probably talking 15 15 points on the the Hellstrike Manticore, and then you're probably talking 20 on the, uh, on the, um, the, the Wing Slasher. 
Yeah, which then I think, think the wing slasher that takes you into the low 300s, I reckon that's worth it. I'd, I'd consider it. Yeah, 15 to 20, I think. Anyway, it's not there now, but maybe for the future. So let's get into talking through unit by unit. We've already referred to a couple, uh, but now let's let's get right into it. So we're going to talk about each unit as we as we go along. We'll read the stats and then we'll talk about what we think are the strengths and weaknesses and you know how we would include them in a list. We're going to start with the master list units of the orc units. So Max, do you want to get us underway with the skulks? Yeah, I've got my big red book here. So I have to go back to the orc list. So good thing uh, is it's this... only just in front of the rift forge now. They've made yeah, it uh, yeah. nice and easy to uh, to actually find everything. Easy to find. Mm. Um, so the skulks. Uh, these are your kind of scouty shooty units. So they're they're heavy infantry. They're height two. Uh, they are speed five. They've got melee five, defense five. Oh, sorry, defense three, range five. Uh, they come in a troop or a regiment. For unit strength one and two, uh, eight attacks or ten attacks, and nerve nine eleven or thirteen fifteen, for eighty five points or one hundred and ten points. Uh, they come with crushing strength one base. They've got scout, steady aim, and eight inch ra- eighteen inch range short bows. And they do have an option here: you can upgrade them to skulk raiders to gain pathfinder and melee four plus for fifteen or twenty points. And importantly, they don't unlock. Yeah. What do we think? I, I, this this one feels a bit random in, in Rift Forge, in terms of an inclusion from a master list. It it doesn't feel like it really fits with the rest of the the army. Yeah, I don't think they really have a place. There is a bit more shooting in or lightning in the Rift Forge list, which you can you could maybe combine fire, but yeah, I really don't feel like they have a place. Defense three for that that points value. Not doing it's it not for me. The, the only I was I was brainstorming how to kind of include them in a list earlier, and I think the one option I could maybe see with them is using. Uh, I would never use them in the troop. Just nine eleven nerve defense three no stealthy. It's just an absolute. To be honest, just a waste of points. Is in the regiment and using them. Did, I don't know if you played Tracy in the most recent um, tournament max, but the way he used the night raiders. Just having, you know, they're pretty cheap. I mean, they're even cheaper than Night Rays, but three, you know, kind of three regiments, one ten points. You scout them forward, and like any of these sort of armies where they're very heavily, uh, you know, combat based as opposed to shooting, is you actually can use them as a way to break up your line. You know, thirteen, fifteen, they have to, you know, throw something into them. It can't just be, you know, like a, a troop of, you know, cav could make a troop of, you know, fast cav could effectively knock out one of the troops. But you need to invest a little bit more to to come after the regiment. So it acts as a way to be that initial screen, break up your line, scout forward. You know, it, it's not great shooting, but it just kind of adds to the weight of if you've got a couple of them, some Ambrocks, it means that maybe you force issues and you have to, they have to come to you a little bit. Mm. Again, I'm kind of maybe clutching at straws a bit here. I wouldn't take yeah, that, I'd just, keep them, I'd just keep them cheap. But to be honest, that's the only real use I could find for them. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to take them all, you'd keep them cheap. I, I think you could argue... Um, you could argue for a better place for them if they weren't a regular because in sometimes in the RFO list you can have a little bit of trouble unlocking all your toys. Uh, so at 110 points for a regiment, you could make a bit of an argument. But I think a big weakness for them is actually the short bows at 18 inches combined with the def 3. So you've really got to be in range of anything that can shoot you back to have any chance of 
even doing a wound. So, and also, like you said, Nick, I, I just don't think they fit the vibe of, of Reforge Orcs. And I wouldn't be surprised that as things evolve over the years that we just see them disappear. Yeah, most of the things in the list are going to be defense five. So with that defense three, and especially if you're scouting them forward, they're just going to be the first target for any enemy shooting and they're just going to get picked off yeah, quite quickly, totally I think. Agree. Yeah. Uh, Nick, do you want to take us on to the Morax? Yeah, so the Morax are, again, heavy infantry, height two. They're speed five with melee three and defense four. They come in troops and regiments of one and three unit strength. Attacks of 15 and 20, Nerve of Fearless 11 and Fearless 15 for 115 and 175 points. For that, you get Crushing Strength 1, Wild Charge D3, and you do get the Orcish Skull Pulse. So can you, can you take that upgrade in Rift Forge as well? Uh, that's a very good question. As a, as I think from the master list, I think you can take the native okay. upgrade. Okay. Yeah. So they can take mm. the upgrade. Look, I think these are... These are interesting in the fact that, you know, the orc list obviously revolves heavily around the drums. And when you when you start in drums, Fearless 13, Fearless 17 with Defense 4 becomes okay. The weight of attacks is nice. Uh, the Wild Charge D3 is um, is not bad if you're running a heavy, you know, just an infantry line to help break up the speed a bit. But uh, I, I don't know. I I just feel that there's perhaps better ways. Like the Reforged Infantry in itself is okay. It's quite hitty. I don't know if you need these guys. Max, I don't know, as, as an Orc player and having played with them a fair bit, whether you see a good use of them in Rift Forge as well. Yeah, so in the Orc list, I really like them with the drums, but I feel like in the Rift Forge list, they kind of get left behind a bit with some of the other options that you have available to you. Yeah, they do bring yeah a lot of attacks with that crushing one. is quite nice. Melee three. Yeah, I don't think they're a bad option. Fearless is yeah. very nice too. Yeah, I, I really think that I really think you can find a place for generally one too because I think I'm going down that you know more unique flavor. But certainly, I think what I've been doing in other lists like dwarves is running berserkers as a second line, and Riftforge probably have you know a really good style that would allow that in that they've got other heavy infantry that's really unlikely to be broken on an initial charge. And so then you've got Berserker-style stuff coming in a, in a wave. And the melee three with crushing one is insanely good. So, I mean, for mine, I'd definitely, if I was going to be taking them, I'd probably only bother in the troops. I agree with you, Nick. I think better with drums. But I think if they're if they're hidden behind um, as a second wave, that that is probably how I would use them if I was going to use them. And I think I with, the, with the new smart charges as well, it does make that second line wave a bit easier to fit through because otherwise those heavy infantry, particularly those troops and the way they sort of, you know, uh, fan out when, you, when you're pivoting them, um, you know, if they're behind heavy infantry hordes as well, it can make it a bit harder to, to fit in. So with yeah. the smart charges, it, it does make that a little bit easier. You know, I'm sure some... Or put uh, the, nimble, the nimble item on the troop. Yep, that's true. Yeah, this, yeah the, the that, one that thing is one. The one thing as well which is interesting, which I kind of turned to, was this, the, and we'll come to it later, the, the Stormforge Shrine. The thing is, because they're only keyboard orc and not Riftforge, you can't get the multiples. Because what would be obviously really tasty is a bunch of uh, Morax Bane troops or, or, or <laughs> regiment, exactly, just Bane Chant, Bane Chant, Bane Chant. Everyone gets a Bane Chant. Mm. Well, Bane Chant is, is actually very nice on the Morax, isn't it? With that, those yeah. 20 attacks, mm. melee three. Mm. Yes, but. It- yeah, we'll come to the wording of that later because would you be allowed to do your last cast on it, Nick, or is it just always Reforged Orcs? I think it says Reforged Orcs. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll come to that. Or, later. Or, or, another pro- another pro- appropriate Reforge unit. So yeah, yeah, it does got it. That is unfortunate. Yeah. That mm. is unfortunate. Okay. Uh, so we might move on to the Gore Riders. So the Gore Riders are a cavalry unit from the master list, speed eight, melee three, defense five. They come in a troop and regiment of unit strengths one and three, attacks eight and 16, uh, nerve 10, 12, and 13, 15, points 120 and 185, crushing strength one, thunderous charge one. Uh, for mine, when we're talking about units from the master list that miss the war drums, these probably miss them the most, I would think, um, with the lower the lower nerve. So I think when I've been writing lists, these guys get left out in favour of things like chariots, even though the chariots are slightly slower. I just, I just think for cavalry, and again, now we've had some changes to, uh, you know, what you can take on them in terms of Pathfinder, I, I just don't really see... A strong place for them in the reforged list. Uh, well, Max, what do you reckon? Uh, similar to the Morax, I don't think they're a bad option. I just think a lot of the time you're going to want something, you know, a little bit quicker or a little bit more maybe versatile. That thirteen wave and nerve on the on the regiment is is quite low. Yeah, I don't think they're bad, but they do get outshone a bit by some of the other units. I think. Yeah, I think, and this is probably going to be a common theme with a lot of the units from the master list, is that orc, that orc army really revolves around the synergy with the drum, which obviously you don't get here. What's interesting with the gore riders, and we'll cover it off when we get to the formation later, is the the units with the orc keywords, so coming from the master list, can benefit from that formation. And that's in one of the lists I've got, you know, I've been running with, uh, you know, in some of my games lately, I have actually run a unit of gore riders, but it does take mm-hmm. advantage of that formation, which which gives you a wild charge D3, so potentially 17 to 19 inch range. Yeah, completely right. And I think uh, I've had other lists that use that. I mean, I tend to pick the, the fight wagons over them, but um, yeah, absolutely. That orc keyword, if you're taking the formation, I think makes them a little bit more of a viable option. Uh, Max, do you want to take us through the Orklings? Yep, so the Orklings, another unit that's not going to unlock for you. They're, they're a swarm. Uh, so they come with speed five, uh, melee five, defensive three. They come in a regiment or a horde, unit strength one on both of those, 12 attacks or 24 attacks in the horde, uh, 10, 12 nerve or 13, 15 nerve in the horde for 60 or 100 points. And they do have one upgrade option. You can make them Whips Playmates uh, in a horde only to gain Fury and Wild Charge D3 and Vicious in melee. Mm. don't think I've ever seen the upgrade. Um, yeah, just 60 points for the regiment, just like you see in the Orc list a lot of the time. I think these are a great chaff option or just, just there as a cheap drop to sort of sit on a backline objective. Um, yeah, I, I really like the Hawklings. Yeah, I would uh, regiment as well. Uh, there's certainly something I'd consider uh, in the I can't see myself with that 13, 15, def 3, taking them in a horde at 100 points. I think you've got better options once you're getting into that points range. I certainly wouldn't be looking at the upgrade because when you're like vicious melee on melee 5, you're not getting much value, I think, for that, um, for that 15 points. I mean, I know you get the Fury and the... But, you know, what's the chances no, are that they don't. survive something to use the Fury anyway? So um, I just don't yeah. see it being used. For me, it's regiment all the way if you're going to use these guys. 
Yeah, it's definitely yeah. the regiment. I mean, they're, they're the cheapest scoring unit in the list by quite a way. I mean, the next cheapest is the Skulks at 85 points for a troop, and even then they're actually easier to kill than the Orklings at that um, you know, that yeah. level. So, <laughs> you know, for 60 points, I think it's just keep them cheap and cheerful because uh, it, it is generally, I would say, a more of a premium list in terms of points. I mean, the next, you know, you don't really get many cheap options here. So I think, you know, the 60-point regiment is not a bad way to do it. Just do chaff. Happy days. A lot of lists I've been writing just have two regiments, just as your first two drops, either side of the table, sort of at the back, and they can just sit back and claim an objective at the, at the end of the game. Or if your opponent's got no shooting, then they can run forward and act as chaff, if you like. I think they're... Yeah, I agree. I, I, I kind of put them in a, in a lot of lists, but um, the reason they would get dropped if, if I was running short on unlocks, so which they did in the list that I'll give at the end. But, yeah, I, I, I think that that's absolutely a good option, Maxi. Uh, Nick, you want to take us through the flagger? Yeah, the flagger, just sort of a pretty standard style uh, army standard bearer unit. So it is a heavy infantry hero, height 2, speed of 5, melee of 4+, plus, defense of 4+. Plus. Uh, no unit strength, obviously, because it's an individual. One attack for 9-11 nerve at 50 points. Crushing strength 1 for its uh, very useful one attack. Uh, it's an individual, it's inspiring. You can chuck it on a gore to make it speed 8 and uh, cab hero for 25 points. I think um, you know, there are certain armies where... You don't really see the army standard because there's so other so many other good inspiring options within the list, and I think the Rift Forge is probably on the midway point of that. I think there's certainly some great inspiring options in the list that means you don't necessarily need to take this. But you know, I, I think like any like any list, just an army standard with a bane champ, depending on what else is in your list. If you, if you're running short on points, it's never a bad option. What do you think, Maxi? Yeah, it's nice to have the option for 50 points if you need more inspiring in your list. Um, mm-hmm. There is quite a lot of good other inspiring options you can take, so I don't think you'll see it all that often, but it's nice to have there. Yeah, I agree. If you wanted a caddy for something or, like you said, Nick, like an extra Bane chant or work, which I don't think you'd often have in the in the Reforge list, uh, like this guy for mine would probably only be getting a look based on having exactly that amount of points left over, right, and wanting to spend it on something like that rather than magic items. I think there's a lot better item, uh, a lot better things in the Reforge list. All right, so I'll move on to Fight Wagons. Now, Fight Wagons in the Orc list uh, from memory, let's just scroll up here, are regular, but they're actually not in the Reforge Orcs list. So you get the, to take them as non-irregular units. So they are speed 7, melee 3, defence 5. Uh, come in four different sizes, troop, regiment, horde and legion. Uh, unit strengths 1, 2, 3, 4. Attacks 12, 18, 24 and 30. And uh, nerve dash 13, dash 15, dash 17 and dash 20 for the points 155, 195, 245 and 285, which I just noticed they're all even jumps except for that that jump between the regiment and the horde, which is unusual. It's a 50-point jump instead of a 40-point jump. The only special rule they have is crushing strength one. They have the keyword uh, keyword org. So as Nick said, we'll allude to that later, that they can benefit from a formation bubble if you want it. What I really like about these compared to something like the Ghoul Riders is at around about the similar points at the regiment level, you're getting more attacks for 
the same top level nerve when you're not taking it without the war drum and all you're losing is a, a pipper speed and thunderous one uh, so for mine uh, one of the other things I like about things like the regiment is that um, square base you know is I think it's the regiment that's on square base isn't it it's um, true true the troop on the square base. I, I just think I like fight wagons of an option combine it with the formation for that wild charge d3 uh I, I i think they're a good include they're at def five they're still resilient particularly when combined with the with the fearless and I, I don't think they're too expensive for what we do at the horde level as well 245 for getting 24 attacks on threes i think is is pretty good yeah i, I think the uh i think the regiment is a rear is probably where i tend to take these guys dash 15 at uh, you know defense five isn't easy to get through i think i i've I think I've said this before in the Trident Realms review, uh, review and I've, I've held this view, uh, you know, for for a while, is that, you know, that difference between speed six and speed seven is quite big in the game because, you know, the amount of large infantry units you have at speed six or the, uh, any elf, you know, glade stalkers and lights, speed six. If you can get to that speed seven or, you know, kind of above that or, or even the case where you're sort of above speed kind of 13 with a bunch of, you know, wild charge D3 units, you just then... Until you get to cab, you're outranging a lot of stuff in the game, and I think that's quite important for the fight wagon. So even though they are speed seven as opposed to speed eight in the gore riders, it is still quite a nice, uh, quite a nice step in speed. How about you, Max? What 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 size would you take them in? Because obviously you can take them in an orcs as well. I don't think I've ever seen yeah, you I'd, take them. But no, I don't have as well. I don't run run the fight wagons in orcs, but I do really like that fearless. That for me pushes them just above the gore riders. Yeah, I think they're they're solid. I'd take them in probably a regiment or maybe even a horde. It's you're getting a, a lot of attacks there, aren't you, with that melee three and crushing? Mm. Well, and of course, at the regiment level, you get the nice discount on magical items, right? So you could give them mm. an elite, a strength, uh, a brew of sharpness, <laughs> tiered on twos. Yeah, like uh, I think that that and and the favourable base size. I, I agree with you guys. I think regiment is probably where the money's more at. Yeah, and chariots as well. So, so importantly, obviously, don't uh, get uh, get impacted by phalanx. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Do you think there's anything? Because that concludes the the masterless units from the orcs. Is there anything from the from the master list that you think you know is a bit of a miss out that you'd like to see the reforge getting access to? This is a question without notice for you lads. <laughs> The war, the war drum, yeah, the war drum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you would make it a completely different pointage, right? But let's just say you made it, I don't know, one hundred and ten points, so thirty points more than the orc list. I reckon I'd still take it. Yeah, no, I think having having that sort of be the differentiator between the two lists, I think it makes them a bit more unique. Mm. Yeah, you need. I don't know if there's there's nothing there. Else in the list it. really stands out to me as mm. yeah as needing from the from the core orc list. But again, I think it's that it, as Max said, it revolves so much around the drum that by by taking the drum out, you just completely change the you know the way the list plays. So uh, you're I think, not a fan of the skull grader chariots. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the rift forge orc might be uh, it might be awesome. We'll never know. Yeah, yeah, I think I think like you said though that if you put, if you put the war drum in the um, RFO list, there'd be no reason to take orcs at all, would there? You know, <laughs> like probably no. not. No. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to the rift forge units now. 
Uh, now, one thing that I didn't mention when we were talking about the the master list that that is important because it does make a difference is that uh, when we're talking about infantry and the the orcs uh, as well as the reforged orcs, we're talking about heavy infantry, infantry being on twenty fives by twenty five. So that makes all their base sizes a little bit bigger than your, your standard infantry, which can make a difference. Um, Maxie, did you want to do you want to kick us off with the unforged orcs? Yeah, so the unforged orcs are, yeah, as you said, heavy infantry. They're speed five, melee four, defense four. They come in a regiment or a horde for unit strength three or four. They've got 12 attacks or 25 attacks in the horde, 13-15 nerve or a 20-22 nerve for 115 points or 190 points in the horde. And they come just with crushing strength one and keyword orc. Uh, so these are your... I think these are your cheapest heavy infantry option, aren't they? Yeah. Sort of your uh, yeah, unlocking option. Yeah, cheapest cheap, unlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cheapest unlock. Um, yeah, you get a lot of nerve. They do have defense four, which is lower than most of the other options, but um, yeah, quite cheap for the amount of nerve that you get. And they've, they've got crushing one base, which is nice. I don't. Yeah, I think these are a solid option. I think probably just in, I don't know about the horde personally. I probably just take them in in the regiment just as the cheap unlock, or you know, as I, as I like to have them just sort of that objective runner. You know, chuck a push token on them, backfield objective that they can't just you know throw an individual at and hope to kill like an Auckland unit. Uh, you know, in sort of one or two rounds, stuff like that. I mean, I personally haven't found them into many of my lists. I don't know about you guys whether you think that you'd you'd find a use for them. No, I don't think I'd run them in the horde. Maybe a regiment or two for that cheap unlock, as you said. But Yeah, I've got a regiment in the list I'll do at the end, but it was purely from an unlock's point of view. Um, at 115 points, this is the reason that I wouldn't take something like all Auklings at 100 points uh, because you get unit strength three, you know, you get 12 better attacks, you get better nerve, and it unlocks something for you. I'd... I'd I, I can see the value in a horde if you were using your hordes not so much as punches but just unlocking all the cool toys that you can get in the Reforge Orcs list. I, I, and I have seen lists with a couple of hordes, but and they'd still, even at Def 4, if you stick them in terrain, they're going to take a bit of work to get through, um, particularly with the changes to Pathfinder. So I think some of the charges, there's some argument about whether the changes to Pathfinder hurts infantry, but I, I think it also benefits infantry in that, you know, they're, they're a little bit harder to one-punch now in some ways. Uh, so I, I, I could see it. Certainly. What not about the key, keyword orc on them? As yeah, again, yeah, again, that's I think that can be useful if you're combining it with the, with the formation. I'd love to see a troop option of these guys. You know, I'd love to see a nice, dirty, cheap troop at like 75 points or something just to, you know, so you could build something that has a couple of little cheap drops in it where you stick them in the back corners of your – but as, as it goes, I you know, I see a place for them. I don't think – I think they won't be in the vast majority of your lists, but they they, they will see some gameplay. Because that was one of the questions from one of the listeners, Richard. Um, he said, to Unforge have a place in a competitive list where it's not about saving points over legionaries? It sounds like probably not. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think it's a it's an it's a saving points or unlock thing is the reason but, to take them. But saving points in itself is is a form of list construction tactic, right? I totally agree. Yeah, I, I, I think certainly in the Australian meta, and we can talk about meta a bit later. There is a tendency 
um, except for last year with Clash of Kings, that there is a tendency towards higher drops winning, uh, winning or being doing better overall. So I think it allows you to get to that slightly higher drop with also high unit strength list because they're still sitting in that unit strength three range at the regiment. So I, I, I do believe they can be competitive, competitive choice for sure. Uh, Nick, speaking of which, that's a good segue into the Reforge Legionaries. Do you want to take us through those? Yep. So like most other, they are heavy infantry here with height two, speed five, melee three, defense five. So they get a, a bump up uh, on the unforged orcs in each of those. They do come in troops, regiment and hordes, uh, unit strength 1, 3 and 4, attacks of 10, 12 and 25 is pretty standard, nerve 10, 12, 14, 16 and 21, 23 for 100, 150 and 250 points respectively and they as well just have the crushing one, uh, crushing strength 1 special rule and they have the keyword reforge as opposed to orc. I, I think these guys are, are great. I think, uh, you know, it's hard to not gravitate towards the horde. I mean, the fact that it is a, you know, a... 25 attack horde with melee three and inbuilt crushing strength one so you don't have to lose your defense five is is awesome and i think there is a there's a really great uh you know, upfront synergy with the Stormforge um shrine which we'll discuss later on you know i, I would probably i don't think i'd try take them in the troop but i can i can definitely see a place for the regiment and the and the horde the regiment just because it it is that defense five and 14 16 it's it has that nice mix of you know it's still unit strength three not easy to take down with a you know a, a nerve route of sixteen at defense five, and with the the melee three it can still add a little bit of punch. I, I I've always liked the you know the paladin the foot guard in the Basilean list pretty similar pretty similar stats but these guys also get the crush one. Obviously a few other kind of intricacies but I I quite like them in in that um, size as well because you often do see them in the horde. Yeah, I think there's your your bread and butter heavy infantry here, aren't they? You're going to see a lot of lists rocking probably two hordes of these. I don't think the regiment's a bad option either. Um, but yeah, that melee three, defense five, cr- crushing one with 25 attacks and that high nerve, it's just, yeah, it's just very strong, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think at the horde you're getting towards that expensive end, right? 250 points is pretty pricey. Again, if I hark back to some people saying that infantry are hurt by Macquars and I mean, you could use the item on something like this if you were going horde heavy. But the reality is, is with a Rifford horde, rich rift forged horde, they're not dying in one go. So if you if they get, you know, you can let something get the charge off and then you're still hitting on threes anyway. So like when you counter charge. So I, I think these, yeah, these guys are super resilient, super fun. And I think, like you say, they're the bread and butter. You know, they're the backbone of this Reforged Orcs list, I reckon. Would you put any items on them? Not at two fifty, I don't think. I don't think they need it. I think they've no. got all they've got all the they've got all the toys that you want. The yeah, like three, the crush one, the F five. I mean, sitting sitting two of these either side of a Stormforge Shrine. You've you've got the Fury Aura, so you don't have to worry about waiver mitigation, uh, the potential to bane chant either of them to make them crush two. It's mm. uh, yeah, I think the regiment level you certainly get too expensive once you start. And the troop level, once you start adding items, I, I, I would consider the combined Strider Pathfinder one use only item on them, depending on the list. All right, so I'll take us through the Reborn Legionaries. Uh, again, heavy infantry height two, speed five, melee three, death five. They come only in a troop of uh, and a regiment 
unit strength 1 and 3, attacks 10, 12, nerve 11, 13 and 15, 17 at 120 and 185 points. They go up to crushing strength 2 and importantly gain the inspiring special rule. So for mine, and this ties into uh, John Paul has asked a question about troops or regiments, how many and use them in place in inspiring characters. I, I think depending on your list, you absolutely could use them in, in place of inspiring characters, particularly if you don't need those characters to do anything else, although I think one thing you need characters for in the Reforge list is, you know, helping you control where others are going, so using them as, as chaff or whatever. So I, I, I don't think it's I don't think you can get away with replacing your inspiring characters with all legionaries. I love them in the formation and their role in the formation, but I, I can see and Nick, you've probably got good insight into this given that they um Align with like the ancients in the in the lizard men, uh, but I, I can totally see writing lists with some troops instead of maybe one or two sources of your inspiring. Yeah, I agree. I think they're one of the one of the rare units where you take them in both in both um, the troop and the regiment horde as a format. I don't think you need any items. The fact they inspire is awesome. Crush two is really really nice as well with the melee three. Yeah, I've toyed, I've toyed around with a list with a regiment of these as sort of the forms a centre of the army um, with that inspiring bubble. But as we may touch on later, I think the Storm Shrine does a better job of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean the other the, the the one item I would consider on these again is going back to the that um, nimble item on the troop. So if you wanted them to be more mobile, if you were you were using them as inspiring replacement, you might find having the nimble item helps them get to where you need to be a little bit more, might help them get into flank a little bit easier to use that 10 attacks and double it with the crushing two because it, the crushing two is, you know, innate crushing two is really reasonably rare, right? Um, and then you have the opportunity to bane chant them and send them up to crushing three. Like they could just be, if someone's not expecting that nimble troop, that could be very damaging. Yeah, you're right. I think particularly in the in terms of getting inspiring to where you need it to be, that is um, pretty useful. So, yeah, it's a great shout, the skirmishers boots on the troop. Mm. Yeah. And uh, then we're on to the Riftwalkers, uh, Rift Maxi. Okay, so the Riftwalkers, again, heavy infantry. Uh, these guys are irregular, so they don't unlock. Speed 7, uh, they've got melee 4 and defensive 5 come in a troop or a regiment, uh, unit strength 1 or 3, 10, 12 attacks, uh, fearless 12 nerve or a fearless 16 nerve for 120 points or 185 points in the regiment. They come with crushing 1, fly, nimble, strider, and keyword reforged. I really like this unit. Again, that fearless nerve is something I, I really rate. Um, and they've just got a lot of good keywords on them. We've got crushing one, they fly. They've got that nimble, which is really great on a sort of a cheap sort of troop like like this. They've got strider as well. I really rate this unit. I think you take them in mostly the troop as sort of a, a thick chaff, um, supporting your your main fighting units. Yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I don't think I'd ever, particularly with the 65-point premium for the regiment, I don't see a reason why you'd want to take the, them in the regiment size. The troops, I mean, that just what a great what a great um, chaff piece. Being able to fly, being fearless, 
defence five, like th- this is, you know, that's what you want in thick chaff. Yeah, they really do fit into that thick chaff range, don't they? I mean, because they're, they're pricey-ish for chaff, but at def five, they're resilient with the fearless and, uh, yeah, the, the combined nimble and fly is just very good. And as with everything in the Orcs list, just having crushing one there all the time is so valuable. Um and combined with the Strider. Uh, what do you guys think? So if, you, if you're picking chaff, I mean, for mine, when I write lists, these and Orklings don't fit in a list together because I think then you're ending up probably with too much chaff in the Riffwalker list. What do you guys reckon? Well, I think you can, I think there's a place for both of them. I think there's, um, I mean, if you think about it, two troops of Riff uh, Walkers, two regiments of Orklings, you know, that only comes into 360 points for, for four chaff units, two which are pretty sturdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there's certainly a place for them both in the same list. Yeah, a lot of my lists start with two troops of Riftwalkers. I think they're pretty hard to pass up. The the Orklings, um, less so. But, um, yeah, a couple of lists I wrote have two troops of each. So mm. yeah, I think there's a place for both. To your point, Max, I find I generally start with Riftwalkers and then depending on what else goes in the list, they might get downgraded to, to Orklings. If I if I really want two bits of chaff and I can only fit you know sort of one troop of, of riff walkers in, I'll I'll probably go the two regiments of Orklings. Yeah, I find mm. it hard to cut those riff walkers though. I really want th- three troops. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what like what's what's your tactics with these guys? So like because at speed seven, right, they're a little bit harder to leave behind stuff and still get them to where you need to be. Although the nimble does help that. You know, how are you deploying and using the Rift Walkers? See, reckon? I think the fact I think the fact that they can the fact they fly uh and their speed seven means that you can potentially leave them behind. For instance, if you're facing a you know a shooting heavy list, you might let, you don't want them to get shot. I mean they are deaf five and fearless, but you know they are are only nerve twelve. You don't want to get shot up um turn one. You might leave them behind your hordes who say have a bit of damage and then next turn Flying them in front, acting as chaff, providing you know cover for your hordes who have maybe taken a little bit of damage the the turn before, and they can try and charge out. You, you can play them that way. You can deploy them at the front of your line to try and act as a as a speed projection threat. Play them out a bit wider and try and get them into flanks. I think you know the fact they do have that fly and nimble means you can use them in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, I often I use these to kind of stagger my lions. Um, along with the infantry to try and control board space, often pushing them further ahead of the infantry. And I'll, I'll give my opponent a charge. And if, if they want to take it and, and let me counter with my horde, then that's fine. If they don't want to take the charge into the Riftwalkers and, you know, the Riftwalkers charge, charge in and hit you with that crushing one. And then, you know, they die, but they've done their role. Yep. All right. Uh, Nick, under the Tundra Bulls. Yeah, so these are cavalry and they are regular. They're height two cavalry, speed nine with melee three, defense of four. They come in troops and regiments of unit strength one and three. Attacks nine and 18, nerve 10, 12 and 13, 15 for points of 115 and 180 respectively. Special rules, you get nimble, thunderous, charge one, and they have the keywords beast and Tundra Wolf. These ones... um, to be honest, it just feels like they wanted to chuck the Tundra rules into a different list to sell more kit. I mean, I can't think of any other reason why they're in here. Yeah. They don't seem to fit, do they? It, it's, no. it feels it feels like when you're looking at the whole theme of the list, you're just like, what the hell are these guys doing here? <laughs> like, I, I can 
I can I can see a place in the list, particularly if you were going for that fast, like where that I think you'll speak to a little bit more um, later, Nick. The like the fast option list, but they just don't feel right to me. I don't know if I would take them in the troop size, just because I think there's there's better ways to. I mean, as we just spoke before, five points more you get before uh, walkers, which for chaff I think are just a better option. Uh, that they are quite fast and nimble, though, uh, which is something to be said. I, I would almost play them in the regiment, and um, you know, just have them as that sort of backline unit that just you know reacts to where they need to be. They can then you know they can nimble and go off eighteen inches. If you get them in a flank, that's thirty six attacks at melee three and crush a thunder one. It's not bad. I mean, I don't know. At a stretch, you know, you might put the either the strike, the Jesse's boots on them, or the brew of strength, so they effectively mm-hmm. become knights in in the uh, you know, well, better than knights in the front, right? Because they're effectively two points more than normal knights, and uh, you know, crush one, thunder one. Yeah, I mean, for the flanks with these guys, in fairness. Yeah, you can catch some people out with the melee three, right? Because not all that that type of cav in all lists has melee three. You're not going to catch out a really good player though. But yeah, I don't know. Why does something come out from a that's coming out of the rift of a magical plane? Pick something from the tundra, right? <laughs> just, they could just, they yeah. should have called them Thunderwolves. <laughs> yeah, Thunderwolves. Yeah, yes, Thunderwolves. What a yeah. good shout. I hope you're listening, RC. There we go. Thunderwolves. <laughs> I mean lightning comes out of their assholes or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Wild Charge uh, D3. <laughs> Uh, I'll take us on to the Hell Strikers now. So we have the the la- their large cavalry at height four, speed ten, melee three, defense five. They come in a regiment and a horde. Uh, unit strength two and three, attacks nine and eighteen, nerve twelve and fourteen, and fifteen seventeen at one sixty and two hundred sixty five points. Uh, the special rules are brutal, crushing strength one, fly, life leech one, thunderous charge one. I mean, these are essentially the orcish dragons, right? With I think a little bit of a discount. I I, I like them in a fast list. I, I for mine, unless I'm building a fast list, I I probably don't take them. They're just not in my style. They're not a style of unit. It's the same with dragons. Like I'm I'm not good with that style of unit. I know how good things like dragons can be, and and my, like alphaing is is not. It's not a way I play the game, and I can see why people would take them. I think 265 for for speed 10, def 5 is pretty good. I really like the left life leech because I think, I mean, that's one other char- comparison to the Orc Master list is that we've got no access to heal here. So I think the, the life leech makes them a little bit more resilient and brutal essentially being a, a free wound all the time is, is, is really good. Like most of this style of unit, I don't see much value in the regiment with the low nerve. Uh, so for mine, if I'm taking it, it's going to be the horde. Yeah, yeah and I the low attacks, uh, only nine attacks in the regiment. Only nine attacks, and I find if you're ever taking the regiments of either large cavalry or large infantry, you want one of a few things. You either want them to be, you either want them to be fearless, you know, or you want them to have that thirteen fifteen nerve, so they get that pit more. That the the twelve fourteen, even the def five, it's just not great. And at one sixty points, they're not cheap enough to you know to, to worth taking in the regiment form. If you're taking any of those type of units in the regiment form, you're taking them around that kind of one twenty to one thirty mark. Not at one. If they had, if they had nimble, I wouldn't hate the regiment. 
yeah, but then this made the, the horde unreal. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think the the horde is. I mean, the horde is great. I think it's a ten point discount, but compared to dracons, instead of that, you're getting you're getting life leech one and brutal. I think the the brutal is a really great addition. You know, items. I think you probably just go J boots or like a stain stone. I don't think they, you know, because you're paying for the horde, the horde price, and they are only eighteen attacks. Yeah, I think you just you don't want to make them any more expensive. Yeah, you're trying to keep are. them cheap because a lot, a lot of games they are going to die. They are going to mm. alpha in, kill something, mm. and then sort of get focused. I mean, one thing to touch on here too is if you're taking the shrine, they do have the keyword reforged. So all of a sudden, for two sixty-five points, if you're hitting them with a bane chant, crushing two thunder one is pretty tasty, you know. And yeah. um, particularly when. Uh, we'll talk. It's not, not not far away. People hang in there for the Reforged Orbs, uh, for the um, Stormforged Shrine. Sorry, is the multiple bane chance is a real power of that thing, and so to be able to just flinging that around and these guys be one of the options. Uh, I think if you're taking it in the list, it, it probably makes taking the Hell Strikers a bit more likely again. Yeah, I, I include these guys in a lot of this. I like the threat range that they give you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really good point. Like I said, I'm not that great with them, but it, it doesn't mean they need to be hitting straight away, right? You know, they, uh, their threat range is one of the uh, – the threat range of any flyer is is one of the, the most powerful traits, right? It doesn't yeah. mean that you're – you know, they, they can be earning their points back by set keeping something away from you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maxie, you want to do the – we're going to move into the Titans and the Storm Giant for which there's a sweet, sweet kit. Oh, yeah. Mm. Awesome kit, actually. Mm. Uh, so this guy, just like most giants, is a Titan. I think all giants, actually. Titan, speed 7, melee 4, defense 5, uh, for unit strength 1, D6 plus 8 attacks, 1820 nerve for 240 points. Uh, this giant, though, comes with Brutal, Cloak of Death, Windblast 6, and Strider and Crushing 4, as you see on all giants. Um, and the new giant upgrade, you can either choose Rampage D6 or Slayer D6. I think you have to choose that in list selection, don't you? Yes. Not before, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not before yeah. the combat. It just got both on back. <laughs> <laughs> or before the game. Yeah. So no, it's fifteen points more. It's fifteen points more expensive than a normal giant, and for that you get a cloak of death and the windblast six. But and I think this is a big but for the giant is you lose the fury, and I think that's massive because for me yeah. the way that you know for that eighteen twenty nerve the fact that you get the fury in there it, that that's the key way I sort of play the giant when I've I've played it in Kingdoms of Men. Is you just know that it's this huge block of nerve. You're getting hit back. So if you're trying, if you're trying to come in and do me in a one with some large cavalry or or large or large infantry, you've got a damn hope that you get the job done. Because otherwise, you know, you can't bank on the lucky waiver. I'm coming back in. I'm whacking you. Cloak of Death is really nice, though, and Windblast yeah. Six gives you this kind of interesting option that you don't really access in the. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I really like the Windblast on this guy. Like, I mean, one, it's a little bit thematic, but I, I just feel like like the whilst you can take a fast list, it's still like on the slower end of fast. And so the 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 wind blast could be really useful for controlling what's getting the challenge. But it is going to be quite situational. So like I totally agree with you, Nick. I think Fury on Giants is awesome. Um 
Yeah, I, I'm not I like I, I quite like the wind blast and and the cloak of death though. I think cloak of death when you're combining then with brutal, right? And you might have something else that's got like uh, or a different option, brutal and the hell strikers. I, I just think you know it, it opens up some nice synergies for getting basically two free wounds. Do you think in this list you take it with the the rampage or the slayer? Yeah, interesting. Mm. I think in general you want Slayer on Giants because you, you want to be hitting those high defense, high value targets with that crushing four anyway. Yep, agreed. Yeah, that's a good point. I, yeah, I, I think whilst they, they've got quite good access to crushing one, you, they've really only got that other access to uh, in terms of the legion, um, the reborn to crushing two. I, I, I agree. I think Slayer is probably your better choice and you can use your Bane Chance to upgrade your other infantry to get through standard infantry, right? The one everyone talks about, and we've got a couple of questions about too, so you can <laughs> you can help us with that. We've got John Paul and uh, who's that? Nathan Sarone has asked a question, is the Stormforge Shrine, this seems to be divisive on the internet, take us through the Stormforge Shrine. So Stormforge Shrine, so it's a unique option, so you can only take one of them. It's a Titan with Spellcaster Level 2, which obviously with the uh, the way the new Host Shadow Beast works is quite important. It's height 4, so you can hide it behind your infantry hordes and uh, get cover. Uh, it is speed 5 with melee 4 and defense 5. It's unit strength one, has eight attacks with Fearless 17 Nerve for 190 points. So it has special rules of Aura Fury, Crushing Strength one, and Inspiring. But it doesn't stop there. The other special rule is called the Anvil of the Rift. So after successfully casting Bane Chain or Host Shadow Beast, the Stormforge Shrine may choose to cast either spell again with one less die on another appropriate Riftforge unit within 12 inches, regardless of line of sight. This may continue until a casting has failed. No unit may be targeted twice with the same spell. So that's actually an interesting one just before we go into the other rules, and I, and I didn't pick up on it, is the fact that you can do it within a, with regardless of line of sight. So you can then, you know, do uh, you know do Bane Channel or something which you can't actually see, which is which is quite interesting. It also has power of the rift. So for each uh, other friendly core rift forge unit within six inches, increase the amount of dice rolled with Bane Chant, Host Shadow Beast, Lightning Bolt by one to a maximum of three. It spells a Bane Chant one, Host Shadow Beast two, and Lightning Bolt three. It has the keywords rift forge and shrine. So this is this is a really interesting unit. It's a lot. There's a lot of things going on there. So I think. Importantly, with the and with the power of the rift, so this is not too dissimilar to the way uh, ogre warlocks work in terms of getting additional dice for the spells. So off the bat, you're looking at potentially lightning bolt six if you have the maximum three in range, host shadow beast five, and bane champ four. Now, what's really interesting is with the anvil of the rift special rule, as you start to hit close combat lines, with it starting at potentially bane champ four. I mean, you can from one unit potentially get sort of you know up to four. A bane chance yeah. off on your units, which is absolutely massive. And the cool thing yeah. is, you can also just chop and change. You can start off with a, you know, start off with a few bane chance, move over to host shadow beast on some of your individuals, and, and you can sort of get the best of both worlds. Uh, it's an interesting one because John Paul and Nathan's questions are kind of quite opposite. One saying is an auto included, the other saying it's a trap. I think there's. To be honest, I'm almost leaning more towards Nathan's question of do you think it's a trap? I, I think it's a great unit. I don't. I think there's certainly a lot of space for it in, in 
many kind of different formats of lists you could run with with Riftforge. But the reason I say it's a trap is there's one thing which uh, can really screw this up. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Luck. Is it, he- is it hex? <laughs> luck. Well, luck's one, but yeah, hex. If you and with and I feel that hex has become more more prevalent in the game. I'm seeing a lot more now. I mean, if you cast hex on this thing, it's it'll just blow itself up pretty uh, in pretty <laughs> quick order. I mean, in saying that, it does still do a lot for 190 points, even if you're not casting. You know, getting the aura fury, inspiring. You know, it can attack its, itself. It's got eight crush one a, a, attacks. So it's not terrible. But yeah, I mean, Hex can really ruin this ruin this thing's day. Mm-hmm. It's also yeah, like Defense Five seventeen. It could just be a, a brick. Yeah, and, and and that's what I mean. So I, I I don't I sit in between those two questions. I certainly don't think it's auto include. I think if you are including it, you're taking you're probably not taking any other options that give you that Bane Chant and Host Shadow Beast. Like you may as well. I don't think you want to double down on what it does in other in in other versions of it. Um, but at the same time, to me, when I look at a trap, I look at something that seems too good to be true. And I don't think I look at it and seeing that it's too good to be true. There's certainly lists I'd write without it. Um, Host Shadow Beast isn't quite as good on as, as what it was. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a really good unit. And like you said, Maxi, it still has eight attacks at dash 17. So I think even if it was hexed, you've still got some options with it. Um, and it's inspiring, uh, which is and gives the aura fury so i think man it, it's doing some heavy lifting even if you're not ca- casting so i uh, in an infantry heavy list i would be leaning towards it being in there a lot of the time um it's interesting i, d- I don't think anvil of the rift is a particularly well-worded special rule i've been talking to mike from the rc about this recently and i you know i did confirm so basically for each subsequent cast where you lose a dice um Basically, work out what its maximum would have been at the start, and then subtract and then one for each yeah. of that. Yeah, um, per per turn of casting. Um, so, uh, so they'll probably look at tidying that up somewhere just to make sure it's not um, that. But yeah, I, I think I think it's a very good unit in the right list. Yeah, it's a great piece. It's a it's going to form the sort of central central core of a lot of lists and that sort of revolve around it. That said, you don't want to go all in, as Nick said, and get hexed. You don't want to spam individuals and try and shadow beast them all and then have that fail to a single hex. But, yeah, it's a it's a great centerpiece. Um, and you'll see a, a lot of lists with it, I think. I think also, too, in that early game with the, what, what have we got, height four, so it will be taking cover if you're hiding it, um, but, you know, being able to throw out a few lightning to take off some chaff or on... Yeah, lightning multiple, bolt six, probably. Yeah, lightning bolt six, so whacking that on some chaff and combining it maybe with an amber rocks or something means you could take out... I mean, taking out the chaff, I think, in Riftforge Orcs is particularly important, particularly if you're playing with lower drops. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a great utility piece for mine. Yeah, and it's important to note that that power of the Rift counts Riftforge units... So it counts your your individuals, your monsters, unlike the the, the, the ogre, thing you see in the orc yeah. list or the ogre yeah. list, which only counts sort of hordes or or regiments. Mm. It does mean though that you have to make sure you've got enough reforge units to boost it. So yeah. I mean, which I don't think you're gonna have you're not gonna be having trouble getting those in unless for some reason you're doing a master list heavy 
uh, list, but at that point you may as well be playing Orcs. Um, yeah, okay. Well, let's uh, move on to the monstrous infantry. So we've got the Thunderseers, uh, who um, I guess you're Guardian Brute style equivalents with the Speed 6, Melee 4, Defense 5, come in a regiment and horde, uh, unit strength 2 and 3, attacks 15 and 30, nerve 12, 14, uh, and 15, 17, points 135 and 225, crushing 1, Pathfinder, Spell Ward, interestingly, may take the visions from the Rift 2. Unique special upgrade and for 10 points. And so what the visions from the Rift is, is after deployment and, and all scout moves have been completed, but before rolling for first turn, you may pick it up and redeploy it anywhere in your controlling players zone. And, and that means, yeah, you, you pay 10 points whether you've got one or two units in your list, right? So, um, oh, sorry, you can only take it up onto two if you're going Thundersteer heavy is what I mean. Yeah, I think. Certainly with the changes to Pathfinder, these guys become more valuable. 225 points isn't overly expensive. Uh, We had a question uh, we've already answered for Hellstrikers, again from John Paul. He's a big before draw questioner. Uh, You know, are the regiments worth taking? Uh, Given that they can see over at height three, yeah, as a second line, I, I could see him. I think there's probably more value in these in a regiment than there is and the Hell Strikers, but still you've got a reasonably low nerve at that 12-14 for 135 points. Um, but I think the Pathfinder is what makes that a little bit more viable as well. I mean, but for Martin, I would primarily take take the Horde. I think they're, they're definitely more useful in a Horde. However, with the regiments, what's interesting to note is they are monstrous infantry, so they are in that 50 mil base. So what you can do is with the Height 3 Thunder Seas, you can have them screening Hell Strikers and, uh, you know, obviously cover their base as opposed to normal large infantry, which wouldn't be able to um, provide uh, full frontage coverage to a to a um, large cavalry horde. So that's one thing to note, and they can obviously see over. The, you know, the spell ward is nice as well, particularly if you are taking them in the regiment territory, it means that, you know, it is a little bit harder to lightning bolt them into oblivion. Uh, the pathfinder means, again, that they can sit in terrain and get the benefit of cover. So, and they are 15 attacks. So I think mm-hmm. you can see some uh, use for them in the in the regiment, but they're, they're probably most most likely going to be seen in the horde, and that's because of the thirty attacks. I mean, sometimes there's just no substitute for for weight of dice, even though they are, you know, only crush one and melee four. Do we do we put items on these guys? Potentially, mm-hmm. potentially. I, th- I think this is because again, you're actually getting the the value of a lot of attacks on this one. You know, maybe you do chuck a brew of sharpness on them. That thirty attacks at melee three. Yeah, even though they are, do have spell ward, if you are using Stormforge Shrine and you start off with that Bane Chant four, you know you actually you're probably going to be okay throwing five, you know four dice at this on a Bane Chant and hoping to get one off. Yeah, uh, I, I think items is interesting. I think because they're a horde, you end up quite expensive. But Nick said, you know, weight of dice absolutely counts for something. Usually, at least once a game, right, where you just roll up. But yeah, I don't. I think they're also quite, because got quite good, they've got quite a good base stat line. Right? I don't think they need. I don't think they need items. And in fact, yeah. I, I think this is a list where I don't think you necessarily need a lot of items across the board. Uh, I agree. And so one reason not to take them is because there's so much premium elsewhere, and you're paying so much premium. So the more expensive yeah. you make things, you really are getting less in a reforged orcs list. Um, so I, I don't think you probably get quite enough 
from making them more expensive um, to risk missing out on something else. Would you uh, would you always take them with the ten point upgrade? Oh yeah, just for the lols. Just for the, just for the disrespect, like first two drops, I'm just going <laughs> to pop these two units down, facing the back of the board in the back left and right corners. Yeah, yeah. I love do, I love mind games like this. Yeah. Do, do you think though that like in the end, if if we talk about a little bit of a trap, do you think most of the time it's pretty obvious where you'd redeploy? Not always. Not mm. necessarily. You could leave a you could leave a couple of gaps on either side of the board and. Mm. And I think because they are, you know, that they're 15, 17, def 5, spell ward, big weight of attacks. They're something that can really just go where they're needed. You don't necessarily need to Especially with the pathfinder as much. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if I was going to deploy them, I'd probably, de- um, you know, deploy them where it looks like their old fellas are just hanging out in the breeze and then you can, you know, <laughs> deploy them somewhere more strategically it- useful. Yeah, I mean, I guess with 30 attacks, your opponent can't ignore them when you deploy them, right? They probably need to put something there to deal with them. So if your opponent is someone that's responsive to your deployment, they can, you know, it can be fun. Yeah, if your opponent's smart enough, they're going to ignore your deployment and, and stick to their own game plan and let you yeah. let you sort of confuse yourself with this kind of shenanigans. But for 10 points, I, I think I always take it. It's just such a fun rule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Max, do you, uh, we're into the monsters now, so do you want to take us through the Storm Slayer? Storm Slayer, what a great name. So it's a monster with height 3, uh, it's speed 7, melee 3+, plus, defense 4+, plus, uh, unit strength 1, 8 attacks, fearless 14 nerve for 130 points, and it comes with crushing 2 and nimble, and its keyword is Riftforged and troll. Uh, really like this guy. I think his one weakness is his defense four, um, but that speed seven nimble with with eight attacks, melee three, and crushing two is a real threat. And yeah, the fourteen nerve is nice, even though it's only defense four. Um, yeah, I, I do rate this guy. I think you can find a home in a lot of lists. I think it's basically the same as a berserker bully. Uh, I mean, look, the Berserker Bully is better in the fact that it has uh, Brutal and it inspires. Same point. So, I mean, the Berserker Bully is, uh, you know, objectively better. However, uh, you know, if, well, if different, well, yeah, which, which can be a, a plus or minus, right, because it's speed six. But, I mean, this is a monster unlock. It's in a different list. I, th- I still think it's a good a good unit. I think, uh, you know, anything which is nimble on a, on a small square base is uh, is useful. Is it only height three, though, as a monster? I, I personally think if it was height four, you could have gotten a bit more use out of it. Well, uh, sorry. It, when you compare it to, say, a Berserker Bull, it would have a point of difference in, you know, in being height four. Uh, obviously, with the removal withdrawal, which we uh, – or, sorry, the optional removal of withdrawal. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the um the square base in height three becomes a little bit less useful, but uh you know still quite good. Yeah, I think you know, like you say, a hundred and thirty point scoring unit uh, with eight attacks on melee three, like so many monsters are melee four, right? And the berserker bully is probably a better comparison. Speed seven is good as um you know as a, as an op- as uh, inbuilt speed. For mine, these guys get pushed out for other things usually. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have them in a lot of lists, even though I can see their value. Um, yeah, I, I just, think a lot of the times, again, it is a monster unlock, which is different, but 
it, it'll probably get outshone by one of the character unlocks that we'll get to later, which is only, I think, 100, um, 130 points more. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. never have too many nimble square-based monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And like you say, Nick, the, the but even like not necessarily with the removal, just with the changes to withdraw with the negative one, square bases can still charge straight out of combat into something else with their nimble. So, you know, there is there is something in that. Uh, Nick, do you want to take us to the Amber Rocks? Yep. So the Amber Rocks is a monster. It is height three. It's speed of five with melee four plus, range four plus, and defense four plus. It's unit strength of one, has three attacks with 10, 12 nerve for 115 points. It's special rules are nimble, it ha- and it has the energy blaster shooting attack, which is 24 inch range with a blast A3, piercing one, and steady aim. Uh, and we have uh, another question from John Paul that says, is the Ambrox cool like a Magus Conclave or lame? Well, the good thing about the Ambrox is it scores, which I don't believe the Magus Conclave does. So that, uh, that immediately makes it uh, reasonably cool. This is, um, this is an interesting one because, again, I, I play Salamanders and I, you've got the, uh, the Lachilodon and the Comedon, and this sort of sit, sits somewhere in between both. It is, it's not cheap at 115 points for something with only 10, 12 and defense 4. So that that is something to consider, but look, the 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 nimble, the sorry, the steady aim with range four is is nice, um, particularly with three attacks. So look, I, I had a uh, Max and I had an online game with UB, and these guys just you know they felt like they didn't really lift their weight. But again, I don't think I was potentially using them uh, in the best way. But yeah, I don't know. What do you guys? I, I'm I'm really torn on these guys. What do you, what do you guys think? I'm not a big fan of, of War Machines in general, but as soon as you slap that unit strength one, yeah, I really rate it. 115 I, I, points, yeah. Yeah, I do, I do rate that, you know, sitting on the back line as you're scoring an objective, popping a few shots. I, I totally agree. Like uh, with you, Max, it's the, it's the unit strength scoring that gets it for me. And I don't think you take them if you don't have any other shooting in your list like lightning bolt. So I think you do have to build a list around them somewhat so that you're combining them with some other shooting. Even with the blast D3, with the three attacks, they're probably not going to do quite enough. Um, I, I like them because they score. I'd like them better if they were 36 inches range because that would mean you could really hide them with the, the defence four. Um, but I see a place for them, and again, as a relatively cheap drop. So I think... I'd be trying to get some shots off early with the nimble and the steady aim, kind of hiding them from other shooting and then and combine with some lightning and then maybe dropping back to do some scoring. Uh, I, 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 I quite like them. I, I've seen a fair bit of dislike for them on the interwebs, um, but, yeah, I, I think I the three shots plus scoring is and, – and, I mean, I think most of the hate I've seen is around the def four. But I think when you're a square, when you're square and nimble, although you're only speed five, um, I think you can get them where they need to be. I do see another use for them. With that nimble, you can sort of push them forward with your battle line um, and use them as kind of chaff in that way. Um, as, as fights break out in the middle, they can sort of maybe charge into combat to hold something up. So I think they've got more than that, just that backline use. Yeah, yeah no, right. they, they, they certainly can be used in that way, which is the way I often use Lachildons and Salamans. The only difference is they they do start to get a bit priced at 115. The Lachildons are, I think, only 85 points. 
and they are thirty six. Are they thirty six inches? No, no, they're only they're only they're only eighteen. Oh, they're only eighteen yeah. in range, and, and even then, they're they're one more pip of nerve. So twenty points cheaper, one more pip of nerve. Yes, they don't shoot as well in the fact they don't have the the blast D three or the um, you know, all that uh, longer range. Yeah, the the Ambrox is, is an interesting one. Yeah, I can see what you're saying though, Max. Like if someone's shooting at them to take them off, like if you run them in your front lines, if someone's shooting them at them, you know, at least they're not taking pips of nerve off your more important stuff. So as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I personally quite like them. Uh, so and we'll move on. You, and I think, as you said, just before we go off, them that the, the Rift Forge being quite a an elite melee focused army. If you can wipe out other um, uh, other opponents' uh, chaff and or even just keep their chaff honest and not get the, not allow them to be in the most optimal position, that that's also worth something in itself. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we'll move on to the heroes. So uh, we've got the Stormbringer, who's a hero heavy infantry, height two, speed five, melee three, defense five, and no unit strength, attacks five, nerves 13, 15 for 100 points. Special rules, crushing two, individual, inspiring, and mighty. Has the keyword Rift Forge, which is important. Mount on a Manticore, which has no wings, reportedly, increasing speed to eight and changing to Hero Cav Height 3 for plus 35 points. Uh, Storm Strike, you can add on for another five points. Uh, I like this guy. I think uh, having it uh, on foot is is not a bad option, depending on the list, and, and mostly because of the Mighty. I really like Mighty individuals. And I think 100 points for Nerve 13, 15 at Def 5 is pretty tasty. Um, whether you've usually got room for them, I mean, I think there's some probably pretty decent options in like your flying versions later on. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, I think it's a solid choice. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I like him. I think any of these these heroes, and particularly the crushing strength too, because a lot of these lord level heroes and a lot of other lists only have crush one. The crush, the crush two is nice, as we said. Combo's nicer with the Storm Strike, given Blade of Slashing as well, plus Storm Strike. You start to get a little bit of benefit, adding a, um, a host Shadow Beast, and all of a sudden you've got this, this individual that can start punching out a little bit of hurt. Well, you, you said that you'd, you'd have them on foot crow. I don't know. Like Whenever I see these units, I, f- I find it hard to go past mounting them. I agree, and that's. I don't, I don't know about you, Max. I, f- I, f- I always find it hard I feel like to, it's to go past the mounting because you can charge that three sixty degrees in any direction. You're getting. I feel like you're getting more value out of that extra three speed or extra six inch charge range because you can go in any direction with nimble. I, I would agree that I think on average you would normally take your individuals mounted. Thirty-four-five points is a pretty big premium, though. So depending on what else you've got in your list, I, I just think you can still, and with good positioning, still have a role for him on foot. What, what I what I like the introduction of in the last Clash update with a few of these foot characters, because as, as Max and I said, often the temptation is always there to mount them because just that extra range is really what you want them for. I, I thought there could have been a nice little option here to add an aura in for the foot version. Which they haven't done. Um, I, I don't know what you'd make it, but just something there, uh, you know, to make the foot version a bit more appealing. Particularly given, you know, in, in, and it's something that I'll bring up later on when we talk about, you know, the army overall in terms of the the mega army boxes. You get these foot heroes, and you often don't use them in these box sets. Yeah, I reckon something like a life leech aura could be cool. Yeah, like or not, a storm not, strike. Yeah, might be, not, might be a bit too good. <laughs> yeah. 
like not to, like I don't think life leech or like life leech one aura, not plus one, just one would be kind of cool and not two AP. They haven't got any other access to what um to heal. So and you could you know make something around it like it returns reforge power to them every time they take a life or something like that. You know I um yeah I think I think you're right, Nick. You know foot foot characters. In some other lists, you know, we've been given more of a reason to take them. So uh, that would be nice to see on something like the Stormbringer. Any items on this guy? Again, I think it just comes back to the five-point items most of the time, a, a stained stone or a, or a blade of slashing. Yeah, you're not getting a lot of value, I think, on a on a five-attack individual for most of your items. Um, I'd yeah, say no. I agree. Mm. Talk of dissonances, you know, the... You know, the switch off a, uh, a spell can always be useful mm-hmm. on individual darting forward. Yeah. But, yeah, I think otherwise just, just keep it cheap. Max, the Stormcaller. Yes, so the Stormcaller, another heavy infantry hero. Uh, Spellcaster 2, speed 5, melee 4, defense 5, uh, with that one attack, uh, which has crushing strength 1, actually. Uh, eleven thirteen nerve for 85 points. Uh, it's an individual. It's got lightning bolt four base. I uh, can mount this guy on a wingless manticore, uh, increasing speed to eight and changing to hero cav for 25 points. Uh, options you can give uh, icy breath eight for 25 points, uh, 25 points, or you can replace lightning bolt for free. Uh, Bane chant two for 20 points, blizzard three for 40 points, or veil of shadows three for 30 points. Yeah, what do you think? I don't, I haven't run this guy in any, any list thus far, and I haven't found a need to. Although I do think Veil of Shadows is a handy option. Yeah, if it casts um, if, right, if isn't that right, that. Max? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Although if veil, like... Sh- veil of Shadows, can you, you you can use the? It's a standard spell, right? So no, it's not. So you can't use oh, the staff not. on it, but it is Veil yeah. of Shadows three. So you get three yeah. dice on it. But again, yeah, uh, I played a game pricey. against. I played a game against Max and he was playing a shooty halfling list and in the first two turns I failed to cast a three-dice Veil of Shadows twice. So it's not very useful when it comes out. <laughs> but, but in saying that, I, I, I do think this is this is an interesting uh, choice. I think for Lightning Bolt 4, I mean, you can't go past Lightning Bolt. It's, it's a great spell. It is Def 5 at 11, 13 nerves, so it's not an easy wizard to take out compared to a lot of other spellcasters. Spellcast level two, so you do get access to a few uh, of the interesting spells from the library. Personally, I think it's a pretty good option with just Lightning Bolt 4, Veil of Shadows, and Inspiring, inspiring Talisman. Uh, I mean, it starts to get up there in, in points a bit more, but I think that gives you a really useful piece because being a, an elite army, you're going to be susceptible to shooting if, it, if it's across the table. If you need that helps out. Another Inspiring Source. If you want to combine that with uh, some lightning, you don't need Veil, then Lightning Bolt 4 is always useful. Uh, a few other interesting spells, I, I think Scorched Earth 3. Um, mm. you know, I think Scorched Earth from the library is an excellent choice on this one because, again, elite, high defense army, uh, getting that Scorched Earth in on uh, opposing hammers is is really useful. Uh, not sure about other um, other spells you might take on it, guys. Any, I think if you're, that? if you're not running the Shrine, you've got that Bane Chain as an option. Yeah. It's only being changed two, but you can you could buy a conjurer stuff if you like. Yeah, as as I alluded to when we were talking about the shrine, I don't think I'd take it if I was taking the shrine. Like I know no. you get some other options, um, but I think you're just pouring too many points into some magic options there. 
and like or shooting options. So I think if I'm not taking the shrine, I would give this guy a look. Um, I see breath is an interesting one in that again, like with the wind blast, it might give you a little bit of because it'll freeze something, won't it? So I, I, I mean, I personally don't think you would. It's does, so short range. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah it freezes. But it's only ten inch range. I mean, I just think yeah. you've got the default lightning bolt four. I don't see why you'd change it out for a mm. shorter for shorter range item, and particularly no. when often you find that for turn one and two you might chuck a, a long range lightning bolt because you can, and then as you get closer to combat you might switch to other spells. But if you have the icy mm. breath instead, you never get that op- that opportunity. Interestingly, with this one, like we just talked about um, mounting on flightless manticores um, and how you might do that, given that on average, depending on your build, you can get some quite slow lists in Reforge, if you were taking one of those lists, I probably wouldn't bother mounting. Like I know you get the height variation and things, but I think you can still position well enough that you wouldn't need it. Um, don't know, but I'd certainly consider not mounting him. But yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I actually wouldn't mount that. I'd... To be honest, I don't think you need to mount this guy because, again, the base mm. spell of Lightning Bolt is solid. Um, you know, I, th- I actually think uh, we spoke about lack of heal. Celestial Restoration, given he's a spellcaster level two, is not a terrible shout. Yeah, I, I still reckon that spell's only really good at level three, though. Um, yeah, in which case you're having to pay for the – you're paying 45 points mm. instead of 25. And they get pretty, pretty expensive, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd like, uh, again, I think there's lists with him. I don't think it's like he's a never take, right? But he's also n- nowhere near approaching an auto. <laughs> no. No. Individuals that don't inspire for me often don't find a home in my list. So if if I'm taking this guy, it's probably going to be the inspiring talisman. Mm-hmm. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I, I, think, I think so. Yeah, either with just, I think you're pretty much always going to take with an inspiring talisman um and then i think you, you keep your base lightning bolt and you you know either chuck on a, a veil of shadows a scorched earth or you know a spell you don't see much wither and perish with the high yeah. high defense hordes not not terrible yeah. the, the only other thing is and unless like you could make the um for this you could make the case for the staff mm. if you didn't need the inspiring because you had something like the reborn in your list Yep. You know, um, but I think if you don't have them, I find it hard to have another individual without inspiring. So normally it would be the inspiring talisman for me. Yeah, because it's not a cheap individual either. That's the thing. Nick, the Reforger. Okay, this uh, this one's a spicy little meatball. So they are a hip, sort of a, a hero. Well, I say hero and lord. That's obviously old school fantasy, but the sort of standard. Uh, three attack type um, hero. So it is a heavy infantry hero. It is speed five, melee three, defense five. Uh, unit strength is zero, obviously, because it's an individual. Attacks of three, nerve of 10, 12, and points of 50. Now, the special rules, it has an arcane smithy, crushing strength two. The arcane smithy, so what does that do? So it may cast uh, their bane chant or host shadow base spell while engaged with an enemy unit, even if the Rift Forger was issued a charge order in this turn. If they do so, they may only target friendly core units engaged with the same enemy unit as themselves, regardless of line of sight. The Rift Forger itself is also a valid target for either spell when cast this way. So you can put it on a pig. Um, or oh, sorry, I should say, well, it says a mount here. It doesn't actually say mount, a mount. Yeah, not, not a, a mount, not manticore. a manticore. Yeah, mm. interesting. It got a, it got shafted mm. on that one. Yeah. So it increases speed to eight, and you can do that for 25 points. Bane Chant, two for 25 points. Host Shadow Base, three for 20, and Storm Strike for five. 
I um, I think this is a really interesting one with the new way how Shadow Beast works. Because if you mount this one on a on a mount, not a uh, flightless mounting core, and you give it host Shadow Beast three for for twenty points, and that is a change compared to the previous uh, book. Previous book, I believe, it was host Shadow Beast five or potentially six for twenty five points. You only get three dice, but again, with the way the host Shadow Beast has changed, it is a spellcaster level two. What that means is you can then get you can then get um, oh, yeah. an extra four attacks. You can charge in, and get an extra four attacks, and get that host shadow beast. So all of a sudden, this quite you know kind of cheap you know three attacks hero can then start to you know really kind of up the damage output. I, I think these are interesting just as sort of a chaff option. You know, at only ninety five points, when you compare them to other chaff, uh, you know, you worry about these type of units going in there and doing the damage to, to get the wound to because it's not mighty. Uh, with the host shadow base option, I think it's it, it's not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. how I'd be running them. Okay. Yeah, I, I could even see an argument for the Bane Chant option, like priced the same as a BSB with the loot, right? I mean, you lose the inspiring, but you got three attacks instead. Um, I think the host shadow beast is the better option. I, I It could be in some very annoying builds. I mean, I... Again, you're using up a slot for something that's not inspiring, so it probably you've got to be building around having one or two of them. Oh, man, that would be super cool if they were mighty or something. Can, but, can uh, you stack Ho's Shadow Beast? Like from the shrine onto this guy and then... I think the intent is himself. that you cannot. I think this question was asked yeah, recently, um, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be that you cannot. So... Um, and again, I think you know that's not about these guys. It's about other characters running around in the world. So uh, yeah, no, I, I think the intent there is that you can't. I, I, I see. I would see this with them, and for sure, right? Multiple annoying individuals could could be really interesting. Than using them to then get your heavy hitters coming in after them. Yeah, and what they also give you with that mount is um, flying protection or or board control against faster lists that are going to. Especially if you're running a lot of heavy infantry, which this list has, it can kind of give you that flying protection, which which you otherwise lack. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I will take us on to the Stormbringer on a winged Salasha. So this is their effective dragon. Hero Titan, height 6, speed 10, melee 3, range 4, death 5, unit strength 1, 10 attacks, 17, 19 for 295 points. Crushing 3, Fly, Fury, Inspiring, Nimble, Storm Breath, 12-inch, Steady Aim. Certainly at, at lower points games, so like if we're talking 2,000 and under, I think everything else is so expensive, I don't, you don't have to place this guy. Um, higher points games, you know, it's in the place as any other dragon in the game, I guess. Um, I don't think it's really necessarily much better or much worse than that. Fury is really nice. On something like that, particularly with the square base, so you could be wait like you. Yeah, I, I I think it's fine. I I don't tend to include a lot of dragons because it's a big point sink for unit strength one. Um, but uh, you know, I certainly see that you can hang one of these out on a flank and again threat projection, not unlike the hell hell strike mandicores. Comboing that with them could be a good idea, but I think at lower points you don't. I'm not going to really take this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad... I mean, the Fury's a nice addition um, from a dragon perspective. You probably just take it again, 5-point item, drag a blade of slash, and I think uh, 
that's sort of been the common theme among the list. The, the, the units in themselves have a good stat line. You don't really need anything else. I, I, yeah, I, because the rest of the list is so premium, I, I do struggle to find a place for it in the list. Um, I don't know about you, Max, whether – I don't think, again, I've ever seen you in your Orc list ever played the, the Wing Slasher. I, don't, I haven't run a Dragon in, in any list, I don't think, in Kings of War. Mm. So, I, I would I would like to see on like because I, I don't know if any of them have it. I just think you're paying such a premium. Something on the like on their various you know, effective the old breath attacks like like piercing one would be nice um, to make them a little bit more useful. I just I just think you know at the moment there's no real reason to use their their shooting attacks ever unless you just happen to not need to move more than ten. You know, and I, I don't think on these dragon type things that giving them piercing one on their on their attacks would make them particularly overpowered or need a points change. No, I don't think. If you're flying around your three hundred point monster shooting twelve shots a turn, it's not not gonna change the world, is it? No. No. Uh well Max, do you want to do the, the little the little baby brother or sister there? This one I do like, the Stormbringer on Hellstrike Manticore. So this one does fly. It's a hero, large cav, height 4. It's got speed 10, melee 3, defense 5, uh, unit strength 1, 5 attacks, uh, 13, 15 nerve for 160 points. And he comes with Brutal, Crushing 2, Fly, Inspiring, Life Leech 1, and Nimble. Yeah, I really like this guy. 160 points is a little bit getting, it's getting up there, but... Yeah, for what you get, a flying, nimble, five attack monster. Yeah, these guys, these guys pull their weight. I think it's one of the best units in the list, personally. I think mm. that the innate crushing two, as opposed to crush one, thunder one, height four, so you can see other over other large infantry, you know, units. The the brutal when you've only got five attacks again, it just makes that uh, just gives that extra pip of nerve. I think they're awesome. Yeah, when, you, like when he's, he's tagging into combats with other units, adding that pip of brutal is, is quite nice. And just the ability, just with the height four, just the the ability to to make it hard to block off line of sight or charge lanes to other units, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's it's, che- it's cheaper than the Lord on Dracon. I think with the the brutal and the crush too, it's it's way better piece. I think it's more effective. I think there is yeah. similar. I think the Lord on Dracon might now be 160. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I agree. I'm often looking for a way to get two of these guys in. Um, I, I, I like them. The board control, like you said, the life leech, brutal. Uh, but this is where, so there was. we had a question from, oh, maybe it wasn't a question. I think I was just talking to him. Steve Hill drew and he was like, what's the, what's the list missing? And I think when, when I saw the original version of this list, it had a lot of those synergies. And like you said, Nick, with you know with um, HSB in its original version, I would love to see like Stormstrike on this for ten points, maybe fifteen points, because you have to get into it into a flank for it to be really useful. But I think ten points wouldn't break the game with with Stormstrike on five attacks. I mean. 10 attacks, you're still only going to get, what, one to two extra hits unless you roll up. I, I would love to see a bit of extra flavour for these, you know, more hardcore characters. Yeah, I agree. Um, 10, 15, yeah, 10 or 15, 
Ten's, mm. ten's I, probably fine. I, I reckon they'd get away with ten. And, like, I mean, we're already talking about him being good, right? But ten gives you that option price-wise. It takes you into the do I really need to um, at 170 points. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just think it would give it that little bit extra flavour. You know, this is obviously a you know a Stormbringer that's managed to capture capture himself a manacle with wings. <laughs> like, <laughs> he you know, it's it. just yeah, he deserves deserves a little bit more. <laughs> okay, so we'll keep moving forward. I think we're onto the special characters now, uh, the unique. So, uh, Maxi, take us into Thonar. Thonar. Uh, so, unique height three cavalry character with speed eight. Melee 3, Defense 5, 6 attacks, a 14 slash 16 nerve for 170 points. Quite pricey. Comes with Crushing Strength 2, Individual, Inspiring, Mighty, Storm Strike, and Thunderstruck. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so Thunder's Storm Strike ability triggers on rolls of 5+. plus. In addition, any enemy damaged by Thunder's Storm Strike attack then suffers minus one to its to hit rolls during the next turn. So kind of like ensnares the enemy. Really like this guy. Yeah, Defense he's five, good at- 14, 16 nerve. And the Thunderstruck as well. Again, this is this. it was really cool in the old rendition of uh, Shadow Beast when you added to the attacks, obviously then triggering the Storm Strike on the five plus. It was really, really cool. So I think that is an innate nerf to Thonar, but it's a... Uh, Still a great he's, pace. He's a wrecking ball still. I think there's something that calls to Australians when you name a special rule Thunderstruck, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, he's a very expensive individual at 170 points. And only 14, um, 16 nerve. Only 14, 16, but Def 5 and, and like the yeah. Crushing 2 and the Mighty, I, I think you absolutely get that value for the 170 points. Again, he's probably someone that at 2,000 points or less, it's probably too much of an investment in some ways, to be spending on an individual when you're wanting to get your unit strength on the board. But uh, oh, that's he's, he's a cool character, that's for sure. Yeah. I've got a question for you guys. Why why can't you hide from Mike Tyson? <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Because even if you're hiding at the bottom of the ocean, he'll use his thonar to hunt you down. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Can we edit that out? <laughs> that is definitely staying in. <laughs> just when when you said Thonar, Max is like Thonar, Thonar. I've just got this. I've just got this image of Mike, <laughs> Mike Tyson in my head. You can never hide from me. I hunt you down with my Thonar. <laughs> uh, this might be the last army review you're on, mate. But it's definitely <laughs> staying in. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm going to try and move us on from that. On to Vogler, uh, who is a hero, monsters, monstrous infantry. Huh, you don't see many of them, do you? It's not large infantry, it's monstrous infantry. So that must mean he's on a 50 by 50. Yep. Yeah. Um, so speed six, melee three, defense six, which is where I think a lot of his value is. Unit strength one, seven attacks at dash 15. So, you know, that's that's hefty. Defense six dash fifteen, uh, crushing two, inspiring, nimble, pathfinder, and spell ward, and uh, visions from the rift. So that's the redeployment. And uh, Thonar has the grand seer uh, special rule, which is 
the two restriction for vision to the rift is lifted from any army that includes Vodla. So if you wanted to build a thematic army that had lots of Thunderseers, then you would absolutely take him. Um, although once you de- once you're redeploying more than three, you're probably limiting your options a bit more on where they're going. Um, but I, I, I think this guy's cool. I, I, I see a place for him even if you don't have Thunderseers in your army. Um, I mean, you're paying points for that Grand Seer ability. Uh, I think it could work. It's probably a bit too expensive if you if you're not going that. But speed six, defense six, crush two. He's, there's plenty to like about about him. And the spell water is nice as well because obviously nowadays with Alchemist Curse flying around to as mm. to F six, spell ward helps to mitigate that. And also, you know, it, it does take cover. So all of a sudden, if you've got uh, Vodler in, because it does have Pathfinder, if you've got Vodler in cover, your Alchemist Curse is hitting on sixes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when I first read over this guy, I, I skipped over the defense six um, mm. and thought, okay, he seems, he seems pretty good. And then I, I reread it. Yeah, the defense six is, is big. I don't yeah, I know there was one Australian in particular that, that hated him having defence six in playtesting. That's you, Mr. Andrew Goodman. So I hope everyone takes a game against you whenever they get played. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that the speed six is a reasonable enough. Like if he was faster than that with defence six, it would probably be a problem, right? Yeah. Uh, to yeah. be honest, I don't see the Grand Seer coming into it that much, the whole lifting the two restriction, because your army gets too expensive with more than that. I agree. Yep. But yeah, good good piece. I mean, in, in the inspiring def def six. I mean, a lot of things to like about him. One ninety points is getting up there for only seven attacks, but still a great, still a great model. Yeah, like in some ways, is it's not unlike a, a a slightly you know a reasonably reliable giant, right? Just shorter, you know, still got seven attacks, so it doesn't quite pump out probably the the volume of attacks. But the defense six is a nice little trade. Uh, with the unit strength one, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a solid choice if you want to take it. Certainly not going to make it in every list though. No, no. All right, and then so the last from the the actual book, and we've got a few questions around this. This will we'll probably get a fair bit of discussion about around this. Nick, do you want to take us through the formation? Yeah. So. The- Formation is the Iron Boots, so within that you get two regiments of Riftforge uh, Legionaries and one regiment of the Reborn Legion Legionaries. And all units in this formation increase their waiver and route values by, uh, sorry, yeah, waiver and route nerve values by one. So that means that the Legionaries go to 1517 and, uh, sorry, the Riftforge Legionaries go to 1517 and the Reborn Legionaries go to 1618. And the Reborn Legionaries in this formation gain the Aura Wild Charge D3 for Orc only. So that means that they themselves get the Wild Charge D3, which is quite nice, and it means that all those Orc units from the Master unit, uh, the master list get, and uh, the uh, the Unforged Orcs as well, uh, which is a, a notable addition from the, the main list, uh, get Wild Charge D3. Now, unfortunately, it is Wild Charge D3, not plus D3. So mm. you can't get a Wild Charge 2 to 3 <coughs> Morax, which would have been amazing. And that's all for 30 points. Now, look, there's a couple of questions, as you said. So Andrew uh, Andrew Hawley has asked, is there a viable build that doesn't include the formation? Well, I think the answer to that is definitely yes. I think the formation is nice, but I don't think it's, it's auto-include by any means. And John Paul uh, has asked, is the formation worth it based on the nerve bump alone, 
by ignoring the bonus wild charge to the standard orcs? I don't think so for 30 points. It's nice, but I think if you take in that formation, you want to play that into your list in some way. And I think probably the key way to do that is with the fight wagons and the gore riders. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's that's probably the key area where you want to include them. I mean, you could look at including two, forward, two hordes of unforged orcs. Mm. I, yeah, I think I think if you're taking the formation, you're building your list around it, right? So which which automatically means that no, it's not you know like it's it's really going to be the only type of list you can build. And and what is key is to remember that those other units in the formation don't have the orc keyword word, right? So you're you're building to give other things mm. the wild charge. So. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's really good, but I agree with you. You're not taking it just for the nerf bump. It's kind of a shame that it kind of misses on the Morax as mm. you're not really taking skulks, so it's only really affecting gore riders or the fight wagons. Is that right? Mm. Basically. Yeah. yeah ba- basically. Um, so think- adding on a D3 wild charge to those already pretty fast units, is nice, um, but it means you're taking, yeah, gore riders and fight wagons over potentially more, more stronger options in the Rift Forge list. Mm. And again, I think, look, I think Rift Forge struggle a little bit more in general at two thousand points, and then some other armies just because of their price premium. Um, it's probably not something you would take so much at two thousand because it's a hefty investment to get all those regiments. Yeah, I, I, I really like it, but I certainly don't think it's it's an auto-include by any stretch. Yeah, I agree. So we might take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with some lists. Do you take delight in playing with friends and their toys in a safe place free of judgment? Countercharge after dark. It's where magic happens. Check the show notes and Facebook group announcements for the Discord link. Welcome back. So now we're going to take you through uh, a list each of our of our choosing, just to see how we would do Reforge Orcs uh, a little bit differently. Nick's gone for a faster, lower points list. I'm for more of a mixed army, 2,300 points. And then uh, Max has got what we'll call the kinder surprise list, you know. <laughs> we'll hope you like the, the different lists. So, Nick, do you want to kick us off? Yep. So, as, as Matt said, mine's at 2,000 points and I've gone with the formation. So, the Iron Boots with the two regiments of Riftforged Legionaries and the Reborn, uh, one regiment of Reborn Legionaries. I then, uh, I then kick it off by going through the orc units I've included to make the most of the, the aura from the formation. And that's a unit of uh, gore riders uh, with uh, so Jesse's boots of striding and then the, uh, the two regiments of fight wagons. I then gone with a troop of riff uh, walkers as, uh, as chaff, a horde of uh, hell strikers, uh, two two rift forges on uh, on a mount with the uh, host shadow base. So these as well kind of act as uh, as chaff. So the three chaff in there is the troop of rift forkers and the the two uh, rift forges. I then gone with uh, two stormbringers on hellstrike manticores to round out the list. So twelve units uh, or you know kind of ten scoring units and uh, you know all 
all 10 of those scoring units are pretty uh, pretty tough. There's no kind of uh, cheap wins in there. And yeah, the idea is that, you know, you've kind of got the the, the Rift Forge Legionaries uh, just kind of really there to kind of run objectives, um, hard, you know, kind of hard to get through, can have a bit of a punch as well. And then the rest is just up there uh, getting in your face. You know, the Gore Riders have got a threat range down of 17 to 19 inches, Fight Wagons 15 to 17, the Hell Strikers obviously fly 20, uh, the, the two... Uh, the two Hellstrike Manticore heroes and the Rift Forge is getting out there with some host shadow beast uh, action as well. So it's uh, it's probably not the most effective way to run the list, but I, I think it's a bit of fun. I've had a few games with and, uh, you know, certainly enjoyed myself. What do you see it being a weakness of that list, Nick? Shooting. I think with, and I think that's just in general with Rift Forge, the fact that unless you are running the big block of nerve hordes, you know, although they are defense five, you know, it can get taken uh, taken out with some um, some solid shooting. I think as well, just in general, and this is the case just broadly with more elite armies, is just dice. I know that's a bit of a cop-out weakness, but, you know, when you're only sort of running with, you know, 15 to 18 attacks, you know, if dice, if you're banging on, if you're trying to go for average dice and you miss a bit, then, you know, it can really uh, make you come undone. I re- really like those Rift Forges, the list just, bouncing around causing problems yeah I, th- I think they're an interesting take and i think at, at probably at that lower points level that they're they're a pretty good in right um because they're, they're probably that even more annoying against armies that might be having slightly lower drops because of playing the lower points so um yeah i, I think that's really interesting including a couple of them yeah what do you got for us maxi the kinder surprise all right Let's. I'll start at the top. So, I'll start off with two uh, troops of Rift Walkers as chaff, and two Orkling regiments as chaff and cheap drops. Uh, and then the mid of the list. So I've got three regiments of Thunderseas with redeployment visions of the Rift, and three hordes of Thunderseas with the redeployment. Um, and making that all possible is the special character Vodler himself. Uh, I've then got a horde of hell strikers with the scrying gem, sort of playing <laughs> into that, <laughs> playing into that theme, uh, and two stormbringers on Hellstrike manacles to bring some inspiring to the list as well. So I think this will be quite fun to take to a tournament. I'm not sure how, how many points was it? Sorry, this is twenty three hundred. Okay, yeah, it's how got many drops? 20, 25 unit strength and fourteen drops. All right. Yeah, so it still gets it still gets a reasonable amount of drops in strength, doesn't it? So it's got six, seven, eight, nine, ten, plus two flyers and Vodla eleven, plus a scrying gem. So you're looking at twelve to fourteen drops before you commit anything to the to the table. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. I like. I'd like to see you take it, Max. It would be fun. You would yeah, probably yeah. mind game, game yourself more than anything, but <laughs> oh, I'm definitely not smart enough to run something like that. It's I like love it. The, it's like in the <laughs> bloody uh, bluff scenarios. I'll forget what tokens are where. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially after a few beers, you'd be really struggling. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all the gronks on day two, right? Yes, of any, you, any two-day de- tournament. You deploy your thunderseas facing backwards and then forget to win the point. <laughs> Uh, all right, and I, so I tried to um, I tried to 
build a little bit of a competes in all phases listed at 2300 although i wrote this a while ago and, and there's a couple of things i'm looking at like why did i do that anyway i've got a regiment of so i'm starting uh, like you nick i'm starting with the formation so getting the the three regiments there uh one of the uh, reborn and two of the Reforged. <clears throat> Uh, and then I've got a Unforged Orcs Regiment because I needed that for an unlock. Uh, and I think at 115 points, that's pretty good value. And I, I see that as some, you know, thickish but slow chaff in, in how I would deploy. Then I've got a horde of Rifforge Legionaries, two regiments of Fight Wagons, two Amberox. Although, what do you reckon? Do you reckon there'd be a, pl- a plural for them? Amber Eye. Yeah. Then I've got the Storm um, Storm Forged Shrine. I have a mounted Stormbringer with the Blade of Flashing on his wingless manticore. And then despite saying that I wouldn't include Stormcallers if I have the Shrine, I do have the Shrine. Uh, I do have a Stormcaller, sorry, with Condra's Staff, Lightning Four and, and Veil of Shadows. Didn't need an inspiring item because there's enough inspiring hanging around. Uh, I think why I did that in the past is for that combined shooting of the Amber Roxes, the Shrine and Lightning Four, just to get that little bit of extra shooting in, particularly early game. Two Stormbringers on Hellstrike Manticores, and that rounds out the list for a total of 14 units, uh, unit strength 25. Uh, The way I see this uh, list working is essentially all the regiments with the unforged at the front kind of with a bit of a tight block and the, the shrine hanging around them. Uh, the amber oxes are, are shooting somewhere. I probably have the regiments of uh, fight wagons on one side of those, of that um, infantry block, and I have the reborn um, or the Forge legionaries on the other side, uh, just on either side of, um, of that main block, and I'd be keen to see how that goes. I think it, one, yeah. I was going to say between our three lists, did we just uh, bring six uh, Stormbringers on Hellstrike Mandicores? I think we, we did. did, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should definitely add uh, Stormstrike for ten yeah. points. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it. I mean, for this, it gives you that much needed mobility, doesn't it? Like you need to, particularly in a list like mine, if you're going to have a big, heavy, wieldy line just moving forward you need something to protect your flanks and rears um exactly. yeah and i think um I, I think they really are really key in this list more so than in like the dracon lord in the elf list like i think that's still a solid choice but i think it's 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 a bigger requirement in the in the reforged list yeah and not just those flying manticores but the the reforgers or even the stormbringers on mounts i think play a key role in yeah. Protecting your flanks against flyers, playing that chaff mm. roll for a, what is a quite static infantry line, especially in yeah. your list. Yeah, and I think that was the thing. So having the the mounted guy on the wingless manticore and the two manticores then gives you that quite a bit of redundancy for protection as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they can they can be running all over the place, either protecting or running chaff or threat projecting. You know, the, the good thing about multiple flying characters, right, is that you stick one, try and run one up a flank so someone has to turn and face it, you know, because 10 attacks in the flank is still nasty. Yeah, and those, those regiments of, like, flight wagons or legionnaires or 
or, or that sort of thing by themselves aren't that scary. But as soon as you tag a Manticore in there with that, those five attacks and that Brutal, mm. all of a sudden you're you're looking at popping something in a round. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I went the regiments of the fight wagons for the increased attacks. Yeah, that's right. The the regiments at the so they they got the eighteen attacks, don't they? The the yeah. hordes. I I kind of like the hordes in, in terms of the you know going up to twenty four, having that wider um, frontage as well. Just more from a threat projection perspective is nice. But it's just that as you um kind of drew attention to it earlier, Matt, the fact that it's a fifty point bump compared to the rest, which are all forty, doesn't make a lot of sense. Particularly mm. given you're only going up by two nerve. Yeah, it, it it makes me it makes me wonder if it was a mistake actually, mm. but you know if if it is, it's not a it's not a huge one. Like it'll be something that'll be ironed out. Um, but I think I, I, I like it. Like you say, it's unusual that it's the it's the one one that stands out. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to some listener questions that we haven't covered in the in the in the main list discussion. Uh, Felix Castro just said he wanted to hear about people actually playing with four jorks, which is a good point in combination with Steve's question, which he did say it actually, which is, um, you know, delivering the goods below 2,300 he finds difficult. Do we, like, why aren't we seeing more people playing Reforged, do you think? What's your guys' opinion on that? The I think there's I think the main reason to be honest is down to the models. You actually look at the release. I mean, it was a, it was a similar time to to halflings. But you look at the way the halfling box is set out. A, a good suite of of options within the mega army. You get some different options between the mega army and the normal army. All of the units I would say are quite accessible. And why that by that I mean price wise. If you're looking at the mega army box from or, or the army box from Reforge, basically you get the exact same thing in both, just with more orcs in the mega army. You get, you know, the same three Thunderseers, basically a bunch of orcs and a couple of characters. Then you look at the other things that you might want to take. If you want to build, if you want to build out your Thunderseers, and I think I'm looking at, uh, I'm trying to remember the USD price before. I think a regiment of Thunderseers is like sixty or seventy bucks mm. for a regiment for three models. The Hellstrike Mandicles are eighty bucks. So I think it actually starts to become a bit of a prohibitive cost to get some of the extra toys, which, as we've said in this review, compared to the Orcs, that's what makes this list interesting. Mm. And it's it's very expensive compared to the rest of King's War armies out there. That's why I think you're not seeing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Reforged Orcs, to be honest. It's also came out of a similar time to the Halflings, which I think in a lot of ways are a lot more appealing to people. And so mm. if, if people are looking for a new Mantic army to jump on on the bandwagon, they're going to jump on Halflings, which we're seeing a lot of. And also you've got that that classic Orc list. And I think while being quite different, there is a lot of the same sort of feeling between the two lists. Um, so you've got a, a lot of classic Orc players already not wanting to sort of jump over, which, yeah, I'm not sure. I do. I've got an Orc army myself and I've considered you know, splashing in a few lightning and manticore items to, to expand it to the Rift Forged, um, mm. but just haven't haven't got to it yet. Yeah, and I, I probably agree with both of you. I think they're also a little bit of a different play style that doesn't necessarily appeal to everyone. Um, I think, yeah, I think from a release point of view, they absolutely just got outdone by the halflings too, right, which were different, you know, not a lot of models on the market. Um so, yeah, I think that's one way. What about Steve's point? I mean, I alluded to it a couple of times thinking that, you know, at 
around that two th- under twenty three hundred point. I should probably say they seem a little bit harder to build a, a great list for. Do you guys agree with that or not? Oh, I don't. I don't know about that. To be honest, I think you can make some pretty scary alpha strikey builds um, at two thousand points. I mean, because the the quality of uh, of the units, as we've said, in in terms of it, operating of their own accord, are awesome. You know, if you get a couple of hordes of you know Hellstrike Manticles in there, some of these heroes, which we took, you know, we all took two of our lists, um, you know, backed up by a bloody strong core of a, a horde of legionaries and you know a bunch of uh, the other strong units in the list. Like I think it's a, I still think it operates pretty well at two thousand. Yes, it means you have a small army, but I, at the same time, I think you can have a small army where you might only have you know one possibly two non-scoring units. So even though you might only have 11 or 12 drops, you know, you're having probably 10, 10 scoring units. They're all pretty strong, pretty strong units, which are hard to take out. Yeah, I mean, and we talk a, we talk a bit about the drawbacks of the bigger base size, but the interesting thing about hordes of heavy infantry is it actually makes you more likely to be able to cross two objectives in the objective token games, right? So there are some small advantages as well. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I think it's what, – what do you think, Max, so, I, small versus larger point lists? I actually think the larger base size in a lot of ways is a bonus, is a plus, mm. in that it lets you cover a lot more board space. If I, if I was writing a competitive list, I think I'd start with a shrine and two hordes of legionnaires sitting either side of it and use that to sort of push up the centre of the board and control a lot of board space and objectives while the, my toys fly off and do all the fun stuff that they do. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. And, yeah, you're going to get caught in terrain a lot more, but if you've got your big blocks of infantry sitting in terrain holding an objective, you're fine. You, you're going you're gonna to make opponents have hindered charges. I don't think that's necessarily a, a drawback. Uh, and so we've got another question here from Richard Miles. Is a host shadow beast-centric list viable more so or less so than... Um, post Clash of Kings 23. I mean, I think the easy answer is probably less so in terms of the second bit. Do you, do you think a HSB centric list is is viable? I think it. I think it's changed in the way you do it because the thing is, before you'd probably want to take uh, take advantage of of it in the form of the uh, you know like a, a Thonar, um, you know, and the and the like. Whereas now, I think if anything, you just you're running it. With the cheap rift forges, you run a bunch of cheap rift forges and and throw heroic, heroic uh, sorry, um, host shadow beast on them. They can they can you know do it themselves. All of a sudden they've got an extra four uh, crush three melee three attacks compared to the you know the sort of um, yeah only three three attacks that they were getting you know three attacks at crush two they were getting before. Yeah, I don't think it's something that you want to go all in on. But if you've got a shrine and a couple of individuals, it's it gives you that option. What else do we have? We've got Chris Callahan, who is from the Vanguard uh, Rules Committee. So this might be him trying to get a, ahead of the game. What units would be really cool to carry over to Vanguard? Uh, and also, will Mantic be phasing out regular orcs? I mean, I mean, so for one, none of us have any idea into the minds of Mantic. Um, I think it's been well, well suggested that if Mantic were looking to go in an IP direction, it would make sense for them to phase out orcs in favour of Reforge orcs and I don't think orcs personally are that popular from their old ranges that they would that there'd be a massive amount of blowback and given that there's a significant amount of the master list in the um 
in the riff four draw list, I, I don't think it'd be that big a deal. In terms of um, Vanguard, it's absolutely the characters. You know, I think you would want to take that vibe of the characters somehow into Vanguard. What do you guys think? I think they definitely could and, in my opinion, should phase out the regular orc list, not in terms of deleting units but sort of merging them as so to not invalidate anyone's armies. But I think if it was me, that, that's the direction I'd be going. Yeah, I agree. I'm all for Mantic just going with their own IP and just backing themselves and before Jorks is exactly that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they could they could tweak it like we've said in a couple of ways just to make it even that little bit more flavoursome, right? Um, I think I think they've got good bones there with the Reforge to make something really interesting and flavorful. I I don't think it's quite there, but I think they're well on the way. Mecha Sturgeon from Sydney. Um, I can't, for the life of me, I can't remember his real name. Is it acceptable to use the new ogres as Thunderseers if the new ogres romantic as Thunderseers if it gives them all an eye patch? So, um, so he's so he's he goes back to my exact point before. Why do you think this question is about? Is because the new ogres is the cost. Yeah. The new and I'm, mm. I I hope this is a, a step change by Mandic and they start start going in this direction. The new ogre boxes come in hordes. They don't come in this regiment format for all the large infantry monstrous cav that we've we've seen before. I really hope they keep it as hordes. Is it acceptable? Uh, like I guess I mean because it, it couldn't be anything else in the list, but you know. I think if you put a, a bit of effort into maybe a, mm. some slight conversions. Mm. You could, you I think the other difference there, Nick, is the difference between hard plastic and the resin as well. So it was yeah. interesting. Um, I don't know if you got to see the the interview we did with Ronnie live. And um, oh, maybe he actually said it off, off air, but he said he's keen to do another video, not unlike the one he did from Poland. Um, where he showed the process of the hard plastic, but do it for resin. And he said, you know, once you see it, you'll understand the cost. You know that um, it, I think it's pretty labour intensive. Um, so the hard plastic is less labour intensive. Is less labour intensive. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you get the volume out of it for less labour. So whilst the tooling is, I think, is more expensive on the plastic, that the the labour once you've done it is minimal. And then Nick Brooks, why should we play Rift Forge Orcs over the Orc Master list? I mean, they have an awesome lore story, but is the play style a lot more varied than the original? I think we've answered that question. I think it's all the all the different toys, and I think it's the fact that you can make, you know, a Rift Forge Orc in, in many different forms. I mean, when you play the normal Orc list, it's a very pretty static infantry line. You're, you're playing on the drums, beefing up hordes with high nerves and just hoping you can grind through. Yeah. You know, Rift Forge plays completely differently. Yeah, I think it's that reliance on in the master list of the drums and heel, right, yeah. um, versus the Rift Forge Orcs are just probably a bit more resilient naturally and punch that little bit harder, I would have thought, um, and do fast a little bit better. Yeah, it's a speed that I like, a mm. lot more mobility. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say that on, on average the Rift Forge Orcs is a, is a far more interesting list. I would like to see some some sort of ability to take damage off. I mean, I know not that I certainly don't believe in all armies having everything, but like we said, you know, if you give an infant, if you give a foot character, you know, say you can't take them around an aura of life leech or something, so that they still have to kill to get it. And it might just be life leech one. I, I think that would be cool and in keeping with the theme as well. But 
certainly I think in some ways the the um, pathfinder changes help the reforge orcs into not being alphaed so much if you're taking infantry heavy. I think one of the drawbacks of main, of main orcs is just like you said, Max. It's the it's the relative slowness comparatively, isn't it? You know, yeah, you yeah, just get smacked first. Yeah, as Nick said, you, you kind of want to huddle up around the drums yeah. and push forward big blocks of nerve, whereas the Reforge, you get a lot more options and variety in terms of speed and angles of attack. Yeah. All right. Well, that basically brings us to the end. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add about the list before we before we sign off? Uh, no, I think that's it. I think, as I said, the thing that I'm a bit disappointed about just with the – the army is the fact that I think it is a bit prohibitive and getting some of the cool stuff in there, you know, and, and I really hope that this move with the ogres to make hoard boxes, you know, is um is a way they keep going. Mm. Or if it's too late and they can't do it cheaper, make it an STL. Release the STL and <laughs> because, you know, even if they don't, someone doesn't have a printer themselves, they've got a friend that does. You know, <laughs> like I think if they're going to find, because I, I don't think, I don't think they'll sell a lot if it stays at that price, even if the price is fair based on the labour. You know, they probably would make a lot more money selling it as an STL. And then, yeah, like if they, Is that an option that they're looking at in the future? They're looking at STLs, yeah. Yeah, uh, not necessarily for... Uh, I think Ronnie's original thing is that it might be for upgrade kits and things first, but I think for some of that resin stuff, they are thinking that that could be an option for the for the really labour-intensive stuff that they've got at the moment. Yeah, um, but it's certainly not confirmed by any stretch. All right, well, I'd like to take the opportunity. Thank you, lads, for, uh, for joining me tonight, giving up, you know, two and a half hours of your time uh, to talk Rift Forge Orcs. I hope the listeners enjoyed it. And until next time, you keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. 